This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast which focuses on playing warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host, Petey Pop, and with me, I have Mr. Peter the Falcon. Adio, hey. Coming from a long hiatus, Chapter Tactics hiatus, I might add. It's been it's been a while since you've been on an episode. Mm, it's been like three weeks. It's a long time for me. It's a very <laughs> long time. Uh, Jeff, in control. Hi. Fresh off a tournament win. We're going to talk about that. And then finally, Mr. Sean Abuse Puppy. It's this guy. That guy. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the tournament that Jeff won, the Battle for LA. We're also going to cover some other tournament covers that happened over the weekend. However, the main meat of the episode is going to be all about the FAQ that GW decided to drop the morning that we were recording. Uh, it was two minutes to midnight. I'm glad they dropped it this morning instead of tomorrow morning when the episode aired, because then I would have uh, nothing but nothing to talk about except Jeff's win, um, which might be a very short, all or very long episode depending on uh, Jeff. We can but... talk about it for as long as you want, Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> Spend the whole episode on it. Right. Yeah. Point is, FAQ came. The internet blew up. I woke up in the morning. The East Coast guys were already going crazy on it, uh, and I think it's safe to say that it. It, there's not a whole lot of surprises in it, at least for me personally. Um, what? Uh, well, you know what? We'll jump into that. So. Why do you say these things? <laughs> it's it's his job, you know. It's he he says these things so that you Ugh. can give that incredulous reaction. But the way he, I think it's safe to say there's not a lot of surprises. Well, there weren't surprises for Pablo because he probably read it a week ago, so he's like, oh, nothing to nothing. To well, say. I mean, oh, no, he we're, and we're... the frontline team dictated it to Games Workshop because they control the game Jeff, in Jeff secrets. Too. Jeff too. Jeff shouldn't also shouldn't be surprised by it. He's, he's in the same boat no, as... We're misusing words again, Pablo, and it, it baffles <laughs> me that this keeps happening. Like, Just the safe thing to say is that it was a big FAQ. When you say it's stuff like... Big. It's safe to say there were no surprises. I'm like, there's going to be people who listen to this who are like, what the fuck is Pablo smoking again? What is he smoking? <laughs> well, the safe thing to say is that there was an FAQ on Monday morning. There you go. Yeah, there I got it. Mm, I got it, Jeff. Go. Let's kick mm, this through. No, we got to complain about I that. I can't disagree with all that right. at all. All right. Well, Jeff rant out of the way. Glad we got that out of the way early. There's going to be more. But let's... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving on. Well, if you're if you want to join the Patreon, we're going to be giving away one Lord Discordant and Abaddon brand new inbox to one lucky patron, and also to give you a little teaser for next month, I managed to get my hands on one LVO High Roller package, which are already almost already almost sold out 
and they haven't even gone up for sale yet, just due to the pre-sales. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> what? So, yeah. yeah. Is, it, Does that crazy. include a hand job like the Nova one? Or <laughs> they're good. It's good swag, and it's a, a good way to support the tournament. You know, they yes. sell out every year. Yeah, the um, LVO High Roller package sells out in in hours. You know, maybe yeah. easily in the first hour, most oh, of them are already gone normally. So, so now this year with the pre-sale that we're doing, which we've never done before, I think uh, we we're almost all sold out. So I got managed to get my hands on one of them. One lucky patron will be receiving it, and then we'll figure out the LVO details later. Um, if you can't go, maybe we'll give you something else. Doesn't matter. I got mm-hmm. one. I'm gonna give it away next month for May. Uh, a lot of cool swag in that box. I'll buy it LVO. Off, yeah. <laughs> so Peter will buy it off you guys if you win yeah. it and you don't want to come to LVO. For sure. <laughs> and then a quick prediction before we move on to the FAQ stuff. I predict that Tower going to be very, very dominant in the coming months. Stoke and for everything else. We'll, we'll I think we get that. into that later. I'm just going to leave that, I'm just, yeah. I'm just gonna leave that now Pablo, I'll at say the it. front. I, just so the next time someone says... You know, eight months down the road, when Tower absolutely crushing everyone, I can just point to them and go, two minutes into the episode, I, I called it. So you don't have to listen through a five-hour episode to, to weed it out. It's right there <laughs> I, I at appreciate the that, Pablo. I really hate re- re-listening to Chapter Tactics podcasts, so that'll yeah, help. There you go. Me too. So I can just find it two minutes in the episode. All right. Moving on to tournament coverage. First and foremost, we had BrizzCon coming on. And if you want to follow along to, with all our 40K coverage, just go to 40kstats.com, which... Unfortunately, it was closed in my browser. But go to 40kstats.com. We go to the top four tab, and then we just go down the list of tournaments. Yep. We go chronologically. So uh, if you <clears> scroll <throat> down to the very bottom there, um, you'll see we had four larger tournaments this weekend. There was a fifth that was kind of – it was borderline. It had 27 and a half players, um, this uh, stud or scrub or whatever it was called, open in Ontario that was won by uh, Ridvan Kair Martinez. Um a vampire, <laughs> yeah, with his Drukari. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it, it didn't quite make GT status in my mind. Maybe someone can prove me wrong. Um, we had BrizzCon, which uh, occurred in uh, sunny and hellish Australia, in Brisbane, and um, it was won by a very unique list. It's the first time in the just over a year that I've been calculating stats that Grey Knights have ever even gotten to round four without losing. Um, but Eric Lathuris. Uh, uh, widely considered to be the top Australian player, decided to bring pure Grey Knights and proceeded to... Pure? Yeah, yeah, and proceeded to essentially dominate the tournament um, with the exception of his final game. Um, Jim Vessel and I, we commentated um, on a number of the games from the tournament, and Eric was on uh, in three of the rounds. All right, so he, let's talk about this list real quick, because I, yeah. I, I know a bunch of Imperium players just got their minds blown. Yeah. So, so, well, first off, we need to say like Eric is is a different beast. He's a very, very strong player. Um, so a lot of that goes into this. And when you watch his games, like everything he does is extremely precise and very well thought out. Um, also, this was a basically a dare from his um, his little uh, list creating group that he, that he runs for Godhammer <laughs> Gaming. They told him what to play at the tournament. He ga- he said, "I'll play any faction that I can get my hands on." Um, and they said you have to play pure Grey Knights. So and it really feels like he just got his hands on just a bunch of random Grey Knights models and threw this list together. Well, so there is yeah. some th- like there's some some method to his madness here. So okay. uh, he had a Grey Knight spearhead with a brother captain, um, and a purgation squad with just storm bolters, um, two regular pattern land raiders. 
the God Hammer variant, as it were. Um, and then he had a vanguard detachment with Kaldor Drago, a Grandmaster Dread Knight, an apothecary, ten paladins with two warding staves, eight halberds, and four silencers, and a purifier squad uh, with all falchions. Um, yeah, so pure Grey Knights, there's nothing else in the list, and he, like, it was very impressive. I highly recommend, if you if you want, you can shut off the sound if you don't want to hear my voice. Um, you can, uh, he, he put on quite the show. He played, in the tournament, he played a Death Watch list at his first match against Hayden Walduck, who's considered another one of the top Australian players. He then proceeded to beat a, an Inari list, um... I want to say it was Orcs um, and Necrons, and then his final was against um, Lee Abbey, playing a, a, essentially a standard Tau list, with the exception of he dropped a Riptide for about 30 more shield drones. Didn't he build, beat a Demon's Thousand Suns? Oh, sorry, yes. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the Orcs. He played Demon's Thousand Suns. Yeah. Um, and that was uh, that's like a 35-minute game. It's It goes really south for the Demons real quick. Let's put it that way. Mm. Anyway, so okay, so uh, there's no there's no Castellans in Australian meta. They they <laughs> do have Castell. Now uh, we when we interviewed Eric after his demon win, one of the questions that Jim and I asked was like what we thought, uh, like what what he was scared of going into the the tournament, and he did say like he felt that Imperial Knights were going to be the bane of his existence. But in Australia, like there's not. Not a lot of uh, really, really high quality Imperial Knights players. It's not to say they don't exist, but the, you you tend to see them in the lower tables. So he was kind of taking a gamble that he wouldn't go up against one. And yeah, he, and it they, succeeded. They seem to be pretty rare on the ground down there. Like in all the matches I've I've watched, I've only think I've only seen like one night total out of like twenty matches. They yeah. they still Which, they are still quite yeah. quite frequent. It's just like I said, you don't see them at the top tables. Like. Um, their percentages are ten to twelve, I want to say, for knights versus you know fifteen to twenty. So it's you know about two thirds to a half of what you would tend to see in a like a North American tournament. Yeah, and the, the only knight I remember actually seeing recent memory uh, in Australia was the Crusader and the Death Watch list in yeah. CanCon in the finals. That yep. is literally uh, the only knight I've yeah, seen. That's it. And then that. But anyway, so congratulations to Eric for for keeping the Green Knight player dream alive. <laughs> and like I said, I do recommend if you have a chance to catch one of the games just to see him play, particularly the finals against Tau. It's a very uh, tight battle. And uh, Val uh, was uh, on record saying that it's probably one of the like best games you can watch for how to play against a, a canny Tau player. Um, so, yeah, it was really well done. Really okay, kudos to Eric. Moving on, quick congratulations to Liam Hackett for going undefeated with Orcs, uh, bringing the 10 Mega Knobs to what... And tank 20. busters. I'm sorry, 20 mega knobs. Excuse me. Cool. Uh, 20 mega knobs and tank busters, and uh, you know, doing well with orcs, going five and zero. And then, of course, congratulations to Lee Abbey and David Savage for bringing Tau and Adeptus Custodes to third and fourth place, respectively. Uh, moving on to Saint George's Champions. Uh, this was one that we were talking about before the cast uh, with Mike Porter coming in first, going undefeated with Death Watch. And Peter, you had something you wanted to add to this one. Oh, yeah. So th this was a really, uh, really awesome tournament. Um, once again, this is uh, Glasshammer Gaming ran this one. It was ETC with ITC like hybrid. So they used ETC primaries um, and then ITC secondaries for the tournament. So quite a little mix. Um, 
the stream for this was very well managed. Um, they mic'd the players. The mics were very like very high quality, so you could hear everything that was going on. The players were very good to each other. Had some of the best sportsmanship I've seen in in the in any of the games. Uh, particularly uh, Conrad Bartkowitz, who came in second with Custodes. Um, his uh, third round game, he played Mark Crumbleholm. And if you want to watch a guy just get his ass beat for probably an hour and a half, but yes. be like the best sport about it. Oh, like that's. <laughs> There's a quote from Mark, I believe, and I'm probably going to butcher it, where he says, this is like, sometimes you're playing a game of Warhammer and it's really intense strategy uh, back and forth. And sometimes it's like watching a, a pigeon sit on top of a statue and it just shits all over the th- the statue. And all you can really do as a statue is just stand there and take it. Hmm. Hmm. But it, like a really, really well done. Uh, congrats to Mike Porter, who won with uh, Death Watch. So that's the quote, but in British, right? Yeah, like yes. imagine it in a British accent. Is that was the, best that was thing the quote I can in say. Canadian. Oh, I, yeah. It's like a, I think it's some. It's like sometimes it's like watching a like guy the... get his ass beat. Other times it's a pigeon on a statue, pooing all over it. That's how they talk. Yeah, you you <laughs> nailed it. You would yeah. be like Jesus Christ, Jeff. I'm a voice actor part time, so I know. And right and just on. for it's all of you clear. listeners out there, we. Do not actually have the Queen of England here in studio. No, that was, in fact, that Jeff. was me. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> People get it confused. Uh, so let's go over the list real quick for Mike Porter. Sure, um, of course. So Both we, of them, please. I'd love to hear the custodian one too. Yeah. Okay. So Mike Porter's list, uh, the eventual winner. He had a Death Watch battalion with a uh, essentially a Watch Captain, Smash Captain, um, a Watchmaster. He had three units of veterans, um, basically fully kitted out with uh, Storm Shield, Storm Bolters. He had a. a Two Terminators in each list, in each unit, and I believe he had uh, two of the units with bikes. One of them did not. Hmm. He had a Blood Angel Battalion with uh, two Smash Captains, three units of Scouts, and then he had a Mordian um, uh, Guard uh, Detachment with Company Commander, Primary Psyker, 30 Guardsmen, Astropath, Minister, and Priest, eight Bulgrin, and three Mortars. Ooh, Bulgrin in there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um. So that was Mike's list. Oh, and he also had uh, the uh, stratagem set aside for the assassin. Uh, mm-hmm. Second place, um, Conrad Bartkiewicz, who played Mike at the final table, went four and one. He had a uh, Adeptus Custody Spirit Detachment with a Shield Captain on Don Eagle Jetbike, a Magnifica Praetor, three Caladius Grav Tanks. He had a Vestroyan uh, Guard Battalion with a Company Commander, two Punisher tank commanders and 30 guardsmen along with an astropath. And then he had a Housecrast, Night Crusader, and the Rando uh, assassin. Interesting. So how did he get his ass, like, how does it play out that he got his ass beat? Did he go second and... Are we talking about in the finals? Berkowitz, yeah. You were saying Berkowitz got his ass beat. So like, oh, no, no, he didn't. He destroyed the Drukari player was the story okay, I was telling I was there. Thinking, yeah, yeah it, in the finals, it was actually an extremely close match. Um, it only made it to round four. Um, when you watch it, Mike even says, like, if this had gone the fifth round, Conrad would have won, uh, just because of what Mike had left on the board versus uh, Conrad. I think Conrad still had two of his grav tanks and one Ooh. of his characters left or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, so it was a really tight battle. It came down to some uh, to a couple mistakes that Conrad had made early in the game that probably cost him on top of time. So. Yeah. And how it's long a, was the round? Um, I believe they were two hour and 45 minutes. Okay, so, so they, they, they were just, four and two hours and forty-five. They were just playing a little slow. 
Yeah, like I, I will say, I only caught the last probably forty-five minutes of that matchup, um, but it, it was a, it was a good, it was a good showing on their parts, and uh, very good sportsmanship on both Mike and Conrad's parts as they played. Well, they had so much time playing. for the sportsmanship. That's really great, though. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to get you some triscuits? He's like, yeah. You want some tea? I'm brewing some over here. <laughs> I can't um, stand it. Place... They're not the only guys, but like, I, I walk, you know, and I'm not even bragging, but like, I'll finish my game and I have an hour and I go around and watch. And there's two guys just like. Just shooting the shit, but they're playing a tournament game, and they're like in the fourth <laughs> place. And I'm like, "What do you?" And and half the time that's Reese, by the way, too. You can walk by, and Reese is over there. He's he's got three drinks in already, and they're just kind of talking. And I'm like, "What in the fuck is going on?" Like, We're on turn two, man. We'll get there. Uh, anyways, I'll rant later, but it, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yep. So, uh, congrats! And to cut a, cut off half the listeners at the head, uh, yes, Mike Porter's Conrad's list and Ash Loftus's list were all Imperium lists. None of them were pure lists. It's just, just to you know, so yes, when people they were see all the Death multi-faction Watch, Imperium lists. They were multi-faction Imperium lists, which um, I don't, I don't care. They were primary yeah. of that faction. I, um, third place, James Grover with a, a Drukari slash uh, a Craft Worlds uh, list. With a bunch of flyers, random shenanigans. Who, who cares? He came in third. Um, he, he went undefeated. Wow. He did. Yeah. Whatever. Well, he's whatever. not Imperium, he win. so we don't Man. give a shit. <laughs> he didn't win, and that's what's J- important, right? James, um, congratulations for going five and zero and being undefeated. Fortunately, battle points got you. You got yeah, third place. It's, it second. is unfortunate. Um, and then lastly, fourth place, Ash Loftus, who ran Triple Crusader. Uh, three infantry squads, two Punisher tank commanders, company commander, some heavy weapon squads, and a astropath. All right, all the uh, mo- in the world. <laughs> moving three on crusaders? to crusaders, my god. Yeah, tri- moving tri- on. Triple to crusaders the... become a thing. It's it's Ugh. showing up everywhere right now. Speaking of of crusaders, uh, barnyard brawl uh, happened this week in Southern Carolina. Uh, Mr. Philip Corman went came in first place with two night crusaders, a night gallant, and a. House Crass detachment with uh, Loyal 32 and a, another Loyal 32 with a Primaris Psyker. Phil Coleman. And uh, some heavy weapon mortars in there. Do you have more comments about that spot. tournament, Pablo? Uh, you know what, Jeff? Do you have any comments about that tournament? I do. I heard some. Did you hear some stuff about it? I, I absolutely I absolutely did. I talked to Reese and Frankie beforehand. Okay. And, and Yeah. What'd you hear, Pablo? Well, Jeff, I heard that... It was a good time, but there was definitely some people who were definitely unsatisfied with the overall way that the event was handled. This is the part where you elaborate, and I'm really excited about it. All right, so so because Jeff Jeff is pushing it basically uh, at the event, and this is this is all third hand knowledge from people that were at the event and the TO. Uh, the The event was advertised as giving off prize support. Um, um, X amount of money in prize support, thousands. Uh, thousands, you know, and that was not given out. All that was given out was trophies instead of prize support. And that is confirmed by both the TO and participants. Um, and so, you know, there was a lot of backlash to the TO, which, which is rightfully so. If you advertise prize support at your event, you should give out prize support instead of just trophies. Though we don't know the entire story, uh, it's still all coming in, um, but that is what happened. I do know that um, first place was actually made a tie today. Uh, there was an email sent out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Perry and Philip Corman are considered co-winners, and they both were given um, VIP half a trophy. They're given VIP packages for Nova, so they're getting oh, okay. the the, nice. the Nova the the LVO treatment, but for a Nova Open. Um, 
apparently Philip Corman's scores were inputted incorrectly and he had uh, one more point, battle point, than uh, Mark. Um, when it was incorrect, they both had the exact same amount of battle points. So there, apparently that was sent out today by Alan, the ETO, that Mark is going to be considered a co-winner and they're both getting that package. So so yeah. why wouldn't you just give it to – well, I guess, I guess if they're still the highest – the two highest, I guess it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, they di- they didn't use uh, strength of schedule uh, as a tiebreaker because they did brackets for this uh, event. Basically, after the first two mm. rounds, every sixteen players were bracketed off um, into their own like little set groups. So, and they tried to do like an NCAA style, uh, from what I saw. Um, anyway, well, I, I do think I do think it was kind of cool the TO to give them both a prize. Um, but Jeff, I think you have a little bit more you want to add on to there. Was this the tournament, you guys will have to correct me, or if you even know what I'm talking about, there was a tournament where there was, maybe it wasn't this one. Fake players last year? No, 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 it's the, it just happened. They got to 28 players, but a bunch of the players' names, they played the first round all tied. Yes, it was yeah. It was this, and it was about six months ago. It, it was the uh, the previous Barnyard Brawl. They got to, oh. they had 58 players, but a bunch of uh, were employees that left after the first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah th- and Jeff, to answer your question, yes, there was also another tournament that you and I are both thinking of uh, oh, okay. where this happened. It was a much smaller event, though. It was yeah, not, it was only it, 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So o- OzCon so, happened this week and, and, and apparently had a similar So I'll add to this, and I'm not – so, you know, live on air, I just got my facts straight, so I don't want to – I'm not accusing this guy. I don't know him or whatever, but just, just, just to put it out there, in the advent of BCP, in the advent of how serious – some people, a lot of people, are taking the ITC and Warhammer terms these days. If you got away with this stuff in the past, cool. Like, don't worry about it. It was, it was a different time. But moving forward, there are people like Peter that we don't even know about who are in worse places than Peter, who are reading more comments and checking more scores and looking into names and stuff. Like, you won't get away with it, and it's not worth it. It's just weird, right? Like, Yeah. You're not going to get money for it. If you hold a cool tournament, people are going to like you, but that doesn't get you anything. But if you cheat or you put in fake names or like weird scores come through and the people check, it looks way worse than what it actually is. So just please be careful and don't do it. Yeah. And and I was actually, Jeff beat me to the punch. Um, We we are, it's not happening all the time, but we are catching people um, who are either cheating outright or they're inputting their scores incorrectly. So as a TO, you should just do your due diligence and just record a nice, you know, whatever happened, however many people brought you, what actually came to your event. Um, But yeah, Jeff is 100% correct. And I've been at a couple of these tournaments, local RTTs, where they were like, we were expecting 22, but actually only 11 showed up. And that sucks, right? And you want to make the people there happy and you want it to be a bigger tournament. Like it used to be 16 or whatever it was. But when you fudge those numbers and somebody wins, it just, it, everyone involved, it gets really weird and sticky and people start looking down on the area. Like it just does not pay off. If you make five people happy, but you like look bad to everybody else, it can, it can really hurt your scene. It can just make things ugly. So just please hear me out. We're in this era where everyone's checking every score. Everyone's looking at everyone's ITC. You will be found. It looks worse than it is. Just don't do it. Yeah. And this might actually could be another episode maybe in the future. But moving on to the final tournament, the Battle for Los oh. Angeles. <clears throat> Did we want to at least finish off that instead of just talking about the one list? Oh, I, you know what I mean, right I know here. we, I know we like, only have like two hours or whatever. But Mark Perry. Yeah, so at least Mark, Mark Perry came in second place, the co-winner of the Barnyard Brawl. Uh, Mr. Mark Perry was running a spearhead detachment of Chaos Space Marines with a Chaos Lord of the Jump Pack, 
three obliterators. Uh, were these? Now was this, this was, the event that had the sixty-five oh, yeah. point obliterators? They did. They did use sixty-five okay. point obliterators for barnyard, and yeah, he had nine obliterators in his okay. list. It's okay. As TOs, we've all made mistakes. Some of us allowed warp spiders to jump infinite times. Some of us have, you know. Anyways. Things uh, happen. Mo- moving on from that, he, he had the nine obliterators and Marcus Slanesh, uh, a Chaos Undivided Detachment Battalion with a Herald of Slanesh, um, a Poxbringer, ten Nurgling, or nine Nurglings, and then Nurglings. two squads of, yeah, 15 Nurglings, an Armon, and a Demon Prince of Zinch, and another Demon Prince of Zinch, and another battalion with two Zangor Bombs and a unit of Rubric Marines. Um, so kind of like your your mixed demon det- chaos detachment um, with obliterators thrown in there. Um, well, I don't think it, you'll see this list <laughs> often now. You Jeff, have to go pay ahead. twice as much for they them. They played no. in imaginary land, man. I don't know these guys, so they, maybe they can hate me. But come on, like, I think it's so funny, like, because you know what this is. They emailed the ETO and they're like, "Hey, man, Codex says sixty five points. So what are you gonna do?" ETO's like, "Well, I guess we're going with the Codex then." Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it was the uh, rest it was announced of the world in didn't do that <laughs> that they were going to do sixty five. Yeah, yeah, and then in third place we had obliterators as well, Mister Brenton Weiss, and then rounding out the top four, Richard Siegler doing well with Tau, which is something a trend that we've seen continuing, and I think we'll still continue as I said earlier. Oh, you will. Yeah, broadside broadsides and riptides. <clears throat> All right, moving on to the uh, final one, Battle for LA. Like I mentioned, um, I, I have I have a brief. Like my basically spiel how how it went for me because people have been asking and then we'll go to Jeff. Um, but in first place you had Mr. Jeff in control Robinson. Congratulations, Jeff, uh, for bringing Custodes with a Castellan, sending the Castellan off, giving him a that's Viking honest, that's funeral. That's what it was. That's that's what it was. I just wanted to give it one. You know, just <laughs> a little bit of love. I thought to myself, is this a good model? Maybe I don't know. But honestly, I just I wanted to rub a little bit of tears into its paint and just kind of see it go off the way it should. You know. <laughs> uh, as one does and then uh in second place we had uh ray Aurumata going coming in with an azuryani inari eldari uh, multi-faction detachment don houston with chaos space marines and multi-faction detachment and then jeff pool running tau doing well the tau. and it was it was a good it was a good tournament i, I had a good time um <clears throat> real quick i went three and two though my last game was uh given to me because my opponent dropped um, so I would have liked to have seen if I could beat him. He was running four Demon Princes, um, but I won against a Grey Knight player, blew up his Land Raider. He rolled five ones in his Paladins that oh were in the God. Land Raider. They all died. Um, I won that game. And then the other game I won was against a Tau player who had literally just bought like the top Tau list army. So he had two Riptides, you know, uh, 27 Sniper Jones, you know, like the full Tau, you know, competitive list. And then um, all the models were primed or un primed and he just you know he was just learning the army so i had a good time um after at the end of turn two i think he only killed one model i think it was like a sniper scout so um that Ooh. was a good learning game for wow. him <laughs> yeah yeah it was but the two games i lost were uh to ray Aomata, who obviously uh you know got second place and then i also lost uh to a custodes list that i i just absolutely couldn't do anything to with the three caladius tanks that was it nice. all right jeff take it away uh, so I'll go through games real quick, but I want to first and kind of foremost say I did take first, but it was by one point over Ray. And the funny thing about that is I'll go through the games, and I played very good opponents, and I'm not talking smack about them. They're all very, very good. But Ray's pass, uh, path to going 5-0 and is insane. It's absolutely insane, and I feel a little bit silly. Like uh, I've won GTs in the past, and I felt really, really good about it because 
it was like very clear, but this one I feel a little bit I feel good, obviously, but I feel a little bit silly because Ray literally beat Jeff Poole, who like I brought my list to beat that kind of list because I didn't think I could otherwise. And Jeff Poole is just a fantastic SoCal player, one of the better ones down there. He beat Brandon Grant, the LVO champion and the best coast the best player on the West Coast, um, in an epic game on stream. And it's just like that that alone is absolutely incredible. He then beat um he beat Pablo, mm. which is good. And then he who are the other ones? I think he actually beat Mark or somebody. He, I think he did beat No, I don't think he beat Mark Carrion. Maybe not Mark, but he, the the point is he had a ridiculous tournament and he did incredibly well. Um and I technically got the win, but it feels a little bit dirty cuz it's it's kind of like he was just crossing the finish line after literally wrestling a bear the entire marathon. And then I swooped in in like a golden limousine and just rolled out of it drunk. And I just technically passed the line first. So I win, I guess. Uh, it <laughs> feels of a, weird. Epitomized the Castellan, right? Yeah, it's a golden limousine. Absolutely. So it, that is what happened. Uh, anyway, so my five games. First game, I got Jade Scott and his demons. Um, he won best painted and should win best painted in almost every tournament he goes to. If you ever get a chance to see his demons in particular, they're customized. Uh, kit bashed with admix stuff it's gorgeous they're incredible they're ridiculous and it's a terrible list um so it's like a blood <laughs> blood letter or bloodthirster and like a greater demon and then some demon princes and they got shot to shit because our first map was um planet bowling bowl but afterwards he was like maybe if i would have gone first i would have won and it's one of those moments where you kind of smile and you go yeah yeah maybe uh and then game two who was game two? Oh, it was against danielle a gal from the Las Vegas scene, world famous for having defeated Crush, really, Reese Richard Robbins, only one year ago, um, this coming June at the Gentlemen's Tournament, which you guys should all check out. It's a great tournament. Um, she took six flyers, three Dark Elder Razor Wings, and then two Crimson Hunters and a Hemlock. And she had her moments. I House Raven, my Castellan, turn one. My assassin was all lined up, ready to kill some characters, and I was like, this is going to be sweet. And then the, the knight killed nothing. It whiffed on everything. And I'm not talking I put all the shots into one fighter, and then she was like, you're hitting on sixes. It wasn't like that. I know better. <laughs> um, it just literally whiffed on everything. And then she flew up, blew up two of my tanks, and started offloading troops in the middle objective, on the, uh, like behind line of sight in a building, which is not what my, my whole army cannot do anything about that. Which, uh, well, that list anyways, which I did not like. So I was I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. And the assassin whiffed. Uh, but then turn two and three, the Castellan in two rounds of shooting killed six vehicles of, of nine. Jesus. She had three wave serpents as well. <laughs> and that was without House Raven, to give you an idea of how swingy that night is. Like, it, it just literally was like, all I can do is roll hits, and all I can do is is get damage through it. I'm like, wow, this is really fantastic. <laughs> um, so she ended up dying pretty hard. And then game three, I went up against Jessica Bowman, um, who is a fantastic SoCal player. She always takes Necrons. She took the three Croissants, and she took three Doom ar Arcs, or whatever the fuck they're called. I don't play against Necrons, because nobody plays Necrons. Yeah, Doomsday Arcs. And my friends took me out to for drinks before this, so I was actually drunk for this game, which is cool, because a lot of Warhammer people say that. I never do that. I, I, I drink, I'm like stone sober for my games. I take it very serious. I go to sleep early. But I was just cutting loose. And I learned the hard way with some of what Necrons do, but I want to give a special shout out to her because she's my kind of player too. She didn't lie. That's not, that would not be cool, but she sold me on something and I respect the fuck out of that. So I had my Volcano Lance and I'm like, oh, I can see your, uh, can see your Doomsday Arc. And she's like, can you? I was like, yeah. And I like lean over. We both check and she's like, yeah, you can. And I'm like, all right. 
So Volcano Lance in your Doomsday Arc with Quantum Shielding, <laughs> which I didn't know. Uh, like, I didn't even ask, and I should have, and uh, the, the more sober Jeff would have. But anyways, it turns out if they can roll under the damage or at the damage, it doesn't do anything. Yep. Well, when you're doing 3d3 damage, <laughs> it's very easy to roll under that. So I got five hits, five went through, and I was like, let's do this! And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> and she's like, yep, that's right. And I was like, I, I just laughed. We just It was just very funny. And then I also learned the croissant, um, <laughs> the stratagem. Oh, so I had turn one, and I could have blown up her flyers easily, because they don't have quantum shielding, and they were just sitting there. But I didn't, because I was like, the doomsday arcs are way scarier. So I tried to kill those and kill, like, one. <laughs> she flies over. Within 24 inches, they pick a point on a 4+, plus. everything within 6 of that. Takes three d three mortal, yeah. And my whole army was just in one spot, so I've never clenched that hard in my entire life. Uh, and she only got like three through, and then rolled really poorly on the mortals. They did like three, four, and five, or something like that. So it could have been a lot worse. Um, and that was kind of the theme for that game. I just kind of accidentally beat the crap out of her after that. Like it turns out, Necron stuff. If it's not getting like the minus one banner was a big deal, and she wasn't getting hits, and just stuff died. Uh, and the game four was against Arter. Two, I think his name is. He's a yes, really, really, really nice guy. He's a successful tournament player in that area, but he's you know he's an adult man with a family and stuff like that. So sometimes he plays, sometimes he doesn't. So I went into it cocky as shit. He had Abaddon, like 120 cultists or whatever, three obliterators, a bunch of Zinch sorcerers and stuff, and then 60 bloodletters and the assorted characters to make them good bloodletters. But I just looked at the list and I was like, well, I'll be able to just shoot the shit out of that. Tanglefoot and minus two for Gravitic Backwash. He's never going to make a charge. Lol, I'm really good at Warhammer. Um, but what ended up happening is we got a table that had a bunch of the magic boxes. And he sat in them and he took engineers and he was scoring really highly. My assassin whiffed turn one. The knight kills like, you know, 20 cultists. Who gives a shit? And uh, Abaddon's sitting in the middle of the table. He kills a vehicle. Obliterators come in. They are hitting on twos, re-rolling, wounding, tough eight and better on twos, re-rolling, because he gives them every mark, and then gives them plus two to wound. So they blow up two of my tanks and the Teleman, and then Abaddon crushes the palace. And I have one Caladius, the Knight, uh, Constantine Valdor, and a banner with, like, Jeez. you know, Skitari Rangers. So I was like, oh, I lost. And I just kind of mentally checked. I was just like, okay, I lost. Let's just have a good game and, and see what we can do. Uh, and then the knight, once again, just took the entire table, hoisted up on its gorgeous, rounded-out shoulders, uh, painted in Custodes Library, by the way. I'm a very thematic player. And it just started to destroy everything. And then what it wasn't killing, it would charge and stomp the shit out of them. And then the assassin, hilariously, one-shot Ariman, by the way. So hits on a two, d6 wow. damage, did like five, and then three... No, he did three. Then he did a three, four, and five on mortals and killed Ariman. Then he turns around and killed the champion, uh, all in the same turn. Constantine, for their listeners, it, that's Trajan, by the way, just they have the exact same stats, exact same points, everything. Charges Abaddon, and I've done this in practice before, it's laughable. It's not even funny. Like, uh, I hit him, I do three or four wounds, and then he basically hits me so hard, like Sammy Sosa on all the roids on planet Earth, and I fly out of the solar system. It's not even close. But this time, I use the, uh, I call it death to, death to the guys that say death to the false emperor stratagem, which is custodies. <laughs> so on a four plus against Black Legion, your attacks explode. You mm -hmm. get another attack for that. So I ended up getting, of his five attacks, like three or four of them generated more attacks, which of course hit. So it was like nine. I wounded eight or nine, and he failed six. Uh, and then just <laughs> enough damage went through to do all eight to him, and he died. 
in one shot. Jeez. And now I'm in the middle of his army, and he's in, and it's Constantine jumping around. He ended up putting the entire blood letter bomb on top of Constantine, which did kill him, but it took like a, that blood letter bomb and, and a turn to do it. So he kind of held his ground long enough. But without characters and without stuff, and now he's kind of fighting to get into boxes and hide from me, I was killing stuff, and, and he wasn't able to kill anything, and I just pulled ahead in points. So that was nice. And in game five, it was against Mark Carrion, a member of our team, who's taking a possession star. And I don't actually think this list is particularly good, and I'm not saying that to hate on him. I just, uh, there's people running it right now, and I think if you don't know what it does, or if you have to assault, like if you're an assault army, you're in a lot of trouble. Because the Possession Star will absolutely obliterate whatever it touches when it gets fully buffed up, obviously. Um, but the whole game is to not get touched by it. So he won the roll off to go first, but I seized on him. Killed 9 of the 29 possessed that he had. He had a unit of 9 and a unit of 20. And then the Assassin, once again, uh, Vindicare. One-shots his Nurgle Warlord, and then one-shots um, uh, Herald or something. He jumps forward to warp time the 20. And he's within 24 of my Gryas Skitari, so I deny that on a 4+. plus. They don't warp time. They only get a 3-inch charge off, which just barely makes it to a ranger unit that's up on a wall. He tries to tri-point, and then tries to do... He does... I, I, I give him the tri-point. I think he basically had it. He only does 3 swings, but kills the ranger. <laughs> and then I don't... I, I yielded. Uh, which was a funny roll, because I was like, don't actually roll the 6, you son of a bitch. And then I didn't. <laughs> um, and now his 20 are hanging out in the open. And I'm midfield with everything. He's killed a single ranger. I've killed half his army. Because he, he, he lost like 30 demonettes, 20 cultists, 3 characters, and now 29 possessed. So on turn 2, he conceded. And that gave me a massive, massive victory, which then gave me the tournament by 1 point. Yikes. <laughs> uh, but the funny, the list is bad. Like, uh, And I said this before, I think. So I'm, I'm like pretty well documented on this. It only has... Nine command points, one of which I spent on the Assassin, and the <laughs> I played half this tournament thinking that the House Raven Stratagem was four command points, <laughs> and I thought Rotate Ion Shields was four command points, so I actually nerfed the shit out of myself <laughs> for half the tournament. Uh, never rotate, though. You actually should never do that for the most part. Unless somebody can one-shot a Castellan, you should just operate at top shelf and then save your command points otherwise. But I wasn't able to victor the Blood Games very often... Uh, I know I'm getting famous for saying Tanglefoot all the time, I guess. It's just amazing. I love it. I know. Uh, I didn't get to Tanglefoot that much because I only had two people that could do it anyways. Um, but the Castellan's ridiculous. It either whiffs or it literally just takes over the entire game. Like, there's just nothing they can do. <clears throat> well, uh, and by the way, Jeff, the the player that we're forgetting about with Ray was James Carmona. So oh, Ray also okay, beat yeah. James Carmona. That's mm-hmm. who it was, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, c- congratulations to you, Jeff. Anyways. Um, yeah. Thank you. And uh, and and Jeff's Castellan. And it, uh, yeah, people are asking me about the list and stuff like that. I I do think uh, at seven hundred points, Castellan's still worth it, and that's fine. You can have it in your list for custodians. I think it's really hard to justify. So I won't be. I probably will not be running it very much ever again. And there's just a lot of fun things you can do with those points, like put back in the battalion. Um, switch out Graia probably. I've I've been all about Graia, but it isn't as impactful as I as I was kind of hoping it would be. And with the extra points, I can fill out a more a, a beefier guard part of the list or something. So I can put in. I like what Brand Grant's doing with the one Basilisk and one Wyvern, and then using the uh, Emperor's Wrath attachment to shoot one of those twice, depending on what you're facing. That's a really cool idea. What Forge World would you run over Graia? I would, and I would replace it with um, Catachan oh, guard. Okay. 
I still, I gotta say though, the assassins, it, it, they're balanced at two command points. It was imbalanced at one. That was too strong. But two command points to summon an assassin, you really, if you're Imperium, you should still do it. It's insane. Yes. It's ridiculous. Every, yeah, those assassins. I every every single one of my games, an assassin did something. Oh, no, yeah. no matter what the assassin was, they they did they had their moment. Um, so then I I brought all four assassins in my list, but um, yeah, absolutely fun. All right, great tournament. Thank you, Adam, for running it, uh, and you guys for the hashtag Rex Crew for putting it all together and breaking it all down. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and move on to the FAQ talk. Uh, basically, uh, before we get into everything, the we're basically we're gonna go down the list of the designers commentary, and we're gonna talk about all the big stuff, and then afterwards we'll go in there and we'll talk about our own personal what we're going to do, how we view of the FAQ. Maybe we'll talk a little bit of faction specific stuff in that, um, though we're not gonna talk about every single little Q and A um, for every faction. So, you know, if you're expecting that, um, this isn't going to be that kind of review. Yep, just uh, the big ones, big points. And then, before we get on all that, first impressions, you guys read the designer's commentary, you, you get the cliff notes. Well, what are some of your first impressions you got when you read the FAQ? You want to go first, Sean? We haven't heard from you. Um, uh, there's, there's a lot to take away from this, but I, I think my big kind of takeaway of just of going through it was that a lot of the changes were the things we expected uh, because like the problems were relatively obvious. The solutions weren't always necessarily the things people were thinking they were going to be. But you know, the kind of changes that you were expecting to see is like nerfs to knights and stuff like that were pretty much what we were going to be getting one way or another. So just, Kind of what you expected. It, in the sense of, like, who got targeted, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there there certainly were some surprises in there, things that I didn't think they were going to change. Um, and sometimes the rationales feel, you know, uh, interesting, because this is still GW we're talking about. Um, so their their path to a given solution is sometimes a bit roundabout. Um, but the actual changes themselves seem pretty well grounded in, like, you know, the problems we've seen in the competitive community over the past six to eight months. Uh, Peter? I loved it. I love the fact right now. I There's a couple of little things, but it's, it's right now at least, it's so piddly that I, I don't really care. Hmm. Um, they, like Sean said, they hit all the big points. Um, one thing that you constantly saw... Um, whenever like a rumor would fly out about what was getting fixed uh, or getting looked at was, well, if they fix that, then this is going to be broken. And I think they did a really good job of addressing all of those, well, if this, then this. Um, I'm sure, like you guys are saying with Tau, but I'm sure there's going to be something that rises to the top. There always is. Um, but I really like it. I, th- I think it was very thorough. I think they covered a lot of bases. And I, I think it's going to put us in a really good place go forward. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, there's going to be some crazy list that comes out that nobody thought of because of these changes, but I don't, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Hmm. So I want to give a couple of words. I don't speak on behalf of, obviously, all the balanced uh, testers and stuff like that, so please don't take it that way. But one of the things that I took away from what was attempted to be being done with this that I really enjoyed and is interesting, and I want to give words on this, is typically FAQ is not point adjustments at all. 
but you did mm-hmm. see the Castellan weapons and uh, the Castellan, well, by, by proxy, the Castellan weapons, then the Castellan becomes more expensive um, because for reasons I won't go into, but like that should have been done a long time ago. It's something we've known about for a while and people have wanted for a while. And typically that's done in chapter approved, but for one reason or another, it wasn't in this last one. So rather than wait till the next chapter approved, because this was such a big need, that's why it was done here. But what's kind of funny about this is GW is so like, again, these British people are so polite and so kind of like, kind of quiet in their ways. Because that's not explicitly said, it's going to confuse people further in, in future FAQs where they're going to be like, how come the points aren't adjusted here? That's because they don't want to do it there. Um, so there are going to be point adjustments and chapter approved and stuff like that for things that people have been asking for, but it's just it's typically held until chapter approved. But the Castellan just absolutely needed attention, and it needed a long time ago, so it's being done here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of also kind of funny, we did not think that would happen this way type of things. And by we, I mean like, because it's a disjointed group. It's not like a cohesive hive mind of like, this is how we feel. It's like a bunch of different groups giving different opinions. But somehow um, the idea that when the change to fly was going to happen, they didn't mean for like Harlequins and bikes and, and all these things to get kind of pooped on a little bit. It was just mostly meant to stop those edgelords that were out there that were like, Haha, I have a zero inch charge. That was never how anybody was like, supposed to play it. And that rule is now reflected in that, right? Like they just had to add a whole bunch of extra words where they try not to do, but you get your fly back. So there's a lot of interesting things and, and more exciting things that come back. Um, while still not allowing for the guy to deep strike on top of a building and then get that magical zero-inch charge off, which doesn't feel good, nobody likes. Um, for me personally, the stuff that I'm excited about is, and I'll this will be my new Tanglefoot if you want, I'm really excited. I think this is uh, chapter-approved Lord Discordant, and I want to give mm. a shout-out to <laughs> Don Hoosen, because I, I was like, oh, I'm only going to buy one Lord Discordant. The model's absolutely ridiculous. I love it so much, but I don't think I'm going to play with it that much. But then something about being around Dawn, and we were both just kind of eating our own shit and worshiping devil gods and stuff like that. And then he As was like, does. you need to have three Lord Discordants. And I was like, and he only said that. And I was like, okay, I will. And that was before <laughs> this FAQ. And now with the FAQ, they get chapter tactics as characters. Yeah. And there is a whole new world open before me. Like this just gorgeous world of everything I ever wanted as a Chaos player. Um, I can make them... Move 14, advance and charge for free by putting them in a uh, Red Corsairs detachment. I can make them minus one to hit for more survivability in an Alpha Legion detachment. I can, there's just so many, there's so many different ways to do this, you guys. And I'm so excited. I can make them absolute blenders by putting them in a Flawless Host detachment. Um, (laughs) And they're just way more interesting and and cool now and probably overpowered. So that is my big excitement takeaway from this. Um. I think my biggest takeaway was just simply from a, I felt like from a game design perspective, I think this was probably their best FAQ. Yeah. Um, yes. They just absolutely nailed everything. Um, it, it, except maybe the Castellan. I think 100 points is probably a little too much, but you know what? That's nitpicking and I'm a homer. So it's fair. I thought the four up in was, was great. Um, I thought the flyer rule, I didn't think they'd actually address the flying jets, be not blocking movement. Um, which they did address, and I, I thought the game needed that. But overall, even looking through a lot of the codexes um, as well, I, I saw a lot of stuff in there that needed to be addressed that was addressed elegantly, and you know, it was just, just kudos to GW. I was overall very impressed with, with how they handled almost all the rolling. So. Yeah, it, it does feel like these are well-thought-out changes rather than simply the easiest way to fix a problem. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the other thing I noticed too, I don't know if this, I don't know if this is um, consistent with all their FAQs, but it really kind of stood out more in this FAQ and the other ones. Um, it, it goes along the lines of like what League of or Riot does with their um, models with their patches, and that's uh, Robin, the guy who wrote the designers commentary, explained in detail their decisions and their how they intended these rulings mm-hmm. to go. Right and and I I don't I, correct me you guys can correct me if I'm wrong but I don't think they've done that to this degree in other FAQs but in this FAQ it legitimately felt like like Robin was sitting down with me and in, in in a probably not Cockney accent but that's how I imagined it in my head um you know explaining these rules rulings and, and why they came to these conclusions and why these rules the way they were um and then even taking some arguments to head like the Bolter beta rule for example or not a beta rule anymore but the Bolter drill rule. Um, why it doesn't affect specific units or only mm-hmm. affects a start. You know, it was just really, it was, it was cool. Um, so I, I liked that kind of openness uh, and transparency. And yeah, it's it was always cool. very well received. It happened in StarCraft as well. It was something they started to do where you'd hear from the lead designer and it, and it just made people feel more at peace because they it, it humanizes it. They kind of go, oh, okay, here's what they were thinking. It's also specifically good in Warhammer because if you sometimes just leave it to the length, and not even sometimes, right? We all, we know these guys, so... Uh, the rule, the arguments that can come out are incredible, but when you like state your intent and talk about how you want it to be, it gets harder to make those crazy arguments that that are frustrating. Yep. Right. All right. You so, know, that, ahead, what the definition of "is" is in this sentence? Yeah. It's kind of like, no, no, guys, this is they said what they want it to be. There's some guys in Southern they're, California they're pretty good that about are reading that dice roll. Like you may reroll the a dice roll or whatever as yeah. every single dice in your hand. Yes. Yeah. Which they addressed surprisingly, and they have to. I, I, well, yeah, and I thought that was amazing because I've been part of those arguments where I'm like, "Guy, you can't." It, this uh, there was a really good quote I saw today where somebody was like, "This fact proves that GW isn't uh, doesn't expect us to read the rules like it's the fucking Da Vinci Code," and I just I loved that because it's true. Like that's like that's the whole point. We we shouldn't be digging for these weird ass uh, uh, like turns of phrase, right? So. It's actually yeah. so hard for me because I'm in these meetings, I'm in these rooms, and these things come up that I didn't know existed. For instance, if you put this relic, and you guys are going to know what I'm talking about. I don't know the words because it's my brain won't allow me to because I think I'll have a conniption. But <laughs> there's a guard relic where you can outflank something oh, yes, yeah. the of dagger your of faction or whatever. But if you put it on a master of whatever the Officer fuck of is, the fleet. Officer of the fleet, who technically doesn't have a faction. People were outflanking like custodian units because they're like, well, they're not a, like they're they're equally unrelated. Yeah, I don't get violent, but man, I think I'd wrestle a guy if he was like, hey, listen, <laughs> I've got ten wardens. They're going to be brought in, uh, outflanking off of this guard relic, and I'll be like, let's look at it together. And he's like, yeah, well, technically this guy's not a part of anything, so I get to do it. And I'll be like, yeah, you're right. And then I'll throw him off a cliff. <laughs> We um, had to address that because that's what people yeah. were doing. Yeah. So stop. <laughs> there, there are always, and we'll save the rest of them for the, you know, the memes, the 40k Facebook groups and their memes. Um, but there's we'll save it for the Patreon. Yeah, for the Patreon. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there yeah, you there, go. There's, there's your bonus some for this ones. fucking month. <laughs> uh, uh, moving on. So okay. So so Jeff uh, talked about about um, you know the Lord Discordance and how the FAQ how he's probably going to go into Chaos Space Marines. Probably not, probably definitely. But uh, Peter and Sean, how did it affect your guys' list buildings and how you're looking towards playing 40k in the future? How deep do you want me to go on this? Go all the way. 
John, like, so until I, you you just start gagging. We're going to set the safety word to harder. most of the morning and more of the day than I should have kind of pouring over this and kind of looking at a bunch of the implications. There, there's a lot to take away here. Um, you know, I said there's a lot of kind of the obvious stuff. That's true, but there's also a number of kind of non-obvious changes. Um, the, the change to fly in the charge phase is going to be fairly big. Um, people kind of forget how easy it was to skip over screens and get into, you know, bubbles of characters and stuff like that, but that's a thing you can do again. Um, and you're probably going to see more flying models kind of like charging into the middle of that bubble of you know like 17 characters who are supporting a list and killing half of them um that is going to be a a significant deterrent to some of those lists um the change to aircraft which they've added as a keyword now as its own weird thing um i'm not sure it was enough We'll see. Uh, we we haven't really seen like a truly dominant like flyer list, even with the with the lack of the nerf. Um, but if Tau are in fact going to kind of be on the uptick here, the flyer list just absolutely crushes Tau. Um, minus two and minus three to hit is just completely impossible for Tau to overcome in most games. Um, and if if we see those two lists kind of like rising against each other, then it's going to come out very poorly for the Tau. Um, uh, also, in one thing with the uh, passing over models in uh, that are aircraft, um, you can't do it in the charge phase. So you can do it in the movement phase. You can do it if you like warp time yourself or whatever, uh, but you're not doing it when you're charging, which means it is still going to be very possible to use aircraft to block things. Mm -hmm. Because like a huge unit of like orc boys or cultists or plague bearers, they're not going to be able to move all those models past the flyer and you can't end within an inch of it. Um, So a lot of people are kind of like, oh, you can just walk right past airplanes. And no, you're you're still going to have a lot of problems with them. Um, it's still really hard for a knight to get past an airplane and clear that base. Uh, they can still control enemy movement to a significant degree, just not to an absolute degree like they were before. Um, the, the, the changes to knights obviously are going to have a pretty big effect on things. Um, I'm fine with the Castellan going up 100 points. I hate that thing. I'm absolutely sick of seeing it at the table um, because it's just everywhere. Uh, and other knights being capped at a 4++, plus plus, I think, is good, too. All knights, right? Yep. Yes. Yep. Uh, Rotate ion. In shooting, in melee, anywhere. You're you're never rotating down past a 4++. Plus plus and, and I think that's okay as well. Like, yes. It was 3+, plus I, on that, that tough of a model to begin with was Yeah, too I much. think a 24-wound model doesn't need that, or it shouldn't. No. So. Nope. Um, but what that does mean for kind of like the the top table players and stuff is that you're going to see a lot less knights doing well at tournaments. You will still see knights. They're still big, stompy robots. People still like them. They still own them. Um, they're not going to just like vanish off the face of the earth. 
Uh, and this has a lot less effect on multi-night lists than it does on single-night lists. Uh, yeah. When you're leaning on a single model to do all your work, that 3++ was really big for keeping it alive, um, or at least the, the threat of that, forcing the enemy to dedicate a lot more work to it. Hmm. Um, with it being capped at a 4++ now, that's going to be a lot less possible to just kind of say, like, well, yeah. my Castellan will live through the first turn. Yeah. So no, it might not. So you're, you're absolutely right, Sean. I, I think the Castellan... I I played a lot of games with the Castellan, and Jeff and I were kind of just joking about like how how much we disliked the Castellan, but we brought it anyways. And and then Jeff literally just spent like thirty minutes talking about how the Castellan carried him to a tournament win that he mm-hmm. maybe didn't deserve as much as another player did. But as I've been playing the Castellan, it's definitely over centralizing, and it's it's not a very fun model to play with or against. You know, yeah. you you either lose it or you wipe your opponent's army with it. And it's like, anyways, yeah. Castellan's gone. I do disagree with you however on knights maybe regressing i think with the flyer rule being changed so that gallants can go th- through like inari flyer li- or not inari but eldari flyer lists i think that's a, a secret buff they, to the, knights the, they still won't be able to you just park yourself six inches back from them and they can't I mean, walk through you're, you're moving you're, you know in a lot with the house tearing you're moving like 20 plus inches a turn you're still charging through them um, and there's... You're, you're not, though, Pablo. It's like yeah. you move 12, maybe you can advance, your base is gigantic, and so is theirs. You can't end within an inch. I've I've never... I've always had an issue with... with When I played the triple night lists and stuff, I've never had an issue with getting to them just when they blocked, like, one choke point, basically. Well, they're, they're going to move differently now. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I, if they don't, they're going to lose. I just uh, I don't think they're going to regress. And and you're already starting to see the meta move towards uh, moving away from Castlands and more towards like Crusaders and other knights. Yeah. And as Jeff said earlier as well, and I agree with him, you don't always need to rotate on the Castellan. The four up invuln is plenty good enough. You're you're cutting your opponent's damage output in half on a T8 24 wounds plus model. Sure. Like so I, I don't think I don't think anything says wrong, away. Pablo. But I actually, I agree with Sean that I think perception is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are looking at this and saying, well, I can't get to a 3++. plus plus. So like Sean said, the solo knight list, if you lose a knight, like if someone jinxes you, obviously, and now you're you're at yeah. a 5 up. Like there's just, at best, you're at a 5 up, by the way. Um, it's a super dead knight. And I don't disagree with what you said, though, right? Like there's a lot of arguments for, well, now you can move a little bit better. Let's not go the full board and say it's not going to affect you at all. I don't agree with that, but you will be able to move better, right? Like, they'll have to position further back or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But to the same thing, um, knights are just flat out more killable now. There's, I don't think there's anybody that's going to say otherwise. Mm-hmm. And the Castellan's more expensive. So a lot of those people that had that individual Castellan or had it as part of their detachment, they're having to change their whole list. And they're like, well, if it can't survive super well and it's moving back like this, you're just going to see less of them, which is fun because I think that's going to open up the meta a lot for what you see in lists. 100% yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'll say is i think sean was just i I think the roundabout way was like sean said like knights are regressing but it's not that much and i think they needed almost to be regressed a little more like and like pablo says single knight lists and like jeff as well like single knight lists yeah i think it's a a it's they're not going to work out the way they used to but triple knights like double crusader triple crusader in particular which we're seeing a lot more of and um, and one thing, like for a long time, I was like, Imperial Knights are the, are like the, almost the quintessential gatekeeper. They were for months where they weren't winning any tournaments. They were just performing very well, d- generally like destroying bottom tables. That's kind of flipped recently. There've been a lot of undefeated Imperial Knight lists and they're all double, triple knight, 
uh, oh, sorry, not double, like triple, even quadruple night lists mm-hmm. uh, that are just kind of stomping through the meta. And I don't think I, uh, uh, like losing the three plus plus really affects them that much. Um, I think a lot of the other changes that we're getting where like, uh, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more later, uh, Drukari no longer getting and, and Harlequins no right. longer getting the benefit of doom and jinx. That's huge for yeah. nights. Not having to get haywire rerolls it's on massive. yourself. You're not going to see like, the Harlequin bikes nearly as much as we were starting. Like to. that is that, that like one of the Imperial Knights worst matchups is gone. For, doom that. without that reroll, uh, on on like the haywire stuff is very yeah. reasonable. It goes from like that's a super dead vehicle to hey, I can live, which yeah. which as and a side needed to happen. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's... like I, like I'm not saying that change was bad. I yeah. love that. That's probably my favorite change of everything. Mm. It's just like we can't like we can't dismiss all of these other changes because I think it like Castellans are definitely going to be if not gone they'll they'll be like a, a much lower percentage of the field. Um, but I think Imperial Knights are definitely still terrifying in, in particular matchups. Yeah, uh, they'll have to factor them in, which is how I think they should be regarded, as opposed exactly. to you will face a Castellan on a 3++ eating your face. Yeah, And it's just a matter of, I think now, is it was it enough to, to balance it? Because I'm, I'm, I am curious as to if Imperial Knights are still too strong. But that's like that's something we can wait on. And, I, and by too strong, I don't mean like they're going to win 80% of their matchups. I mean, are they going to beat every newbie that walks in from the street right. and then maybe win a few tournaments, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway, sorry. So, so Peter, um, I, I really wanted to ask you this question. So you, you've got, I think you've probably got the best pulse on the meta out of all of us here, just because you're surrounded by lists, you're just looking at those raw numbers all the time. So, who are who are some of the big winners and losers, faction wise, for this FAQ? Just by your prediction, and just looking at like the top lists now and the top factions now, and then kind of like looking at the FAQ and you know moving it over. So, who are some big winners and losers here for factions? I think um, I think Drukari are a big loser. Um, they're not. They're they're going to be able to win still, um, but losing Doom and Jinx is big for a lot of their competitive lists. Um, I mean, uh, Skari uh, just won a, a maybe a GT. I'm not sure uh, with Pure Drukari. So it's it's not like it's going to stop. They the Pure Drukari lists are still good, but losing access to to Doom and Jinx is huge for a lot of their more competitive lists. Um, Gene Stealer Cults, the mental onslaught change really hurts what they do against Flyers. Yeah. Um, uh, which, but I think it was necessary. Like, I'm not yeah. saying like it should have been a thing, but. And for the, for those who either don't know or didn't see it, anytime the opposing player rolls a six on mental onslaught and also death grip for knights, uh, the effect will just end. No, uh, no they, they, they have to roll a six and then you have to roll a six. They have to match your six with a six, right? It's, no. Well, the defending player rolls whenever a the six, opponent rolls a six. Yeah, if they stopped. get a six, it's over. Because, as I okay, you, you, the word was a little wordy, and I, I definitely glossed over it. Because as I read it, it was it, it was definitely like, more than three words. So yeah. I understand. Does <laughs> I yeah. read it as I understand it? It was and or no. you no. roll a six plus and or your opponent also rolls. Anyways, if, if they beat you or they roll a six, it ends. To put it in yeah. simple terms, they could have leadership four hundred ninety two. You could have leadership two. You roll a six. Doesn't matter what they roll. It's off. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The end. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a, a significant change. Like I said, I think it was a necessary change. I don't think um, mm-hmm. yeah. we wanted to see too many more Castellans on streams getting. That was the apart. only change, there, right? Yeah, that was then the only change. Let me just say, 
be happy because the the, the mm-hmm. way they were talking about it behind closed doors was way more aggressive. And okay. I blame it entirely on Mike Brandt. Ooh. Mike Brandt. No, I'm just kidding. Are... I just like to no, tease Mike Brandt whenever joking. I get a chance to. But you no, know, it's a good idea though. You really should. He deserves um, the it. The other change. The other change is the for Gene Stelicoltz that is um, another list uh, that was seeing a lot of play was uh, taking say Tempesto Primes and Company Commanders. Oh yeah, and giving orders to the twenty man Brood Brother squads, which you can no longer do. Yes. Um, you, you so those only... are two very significant yeah. changes for Gene Stelicoltz. That I'm not going to say it it ruins their lists because like that has no impact on say Juice's list from Adepticon. Right. Mm-hmm. But. A lot of the other very successful lists we've been seeing from them are, are dropped down a tier, I think, because of it. Uh, another small thing that kind of affects them as well as a couple other lists. Um, all of those weird corner case kind of like Elysian heavy weapons squads are different from Death yeah. Hour of Krieg heavy weapons are different from all that. That's that's all counts the same for rule of three and ditto for like the 900 kinds of demon princes you can bring ah uh, shucks yeah which so is how no, it was no supposed to be list. like yeah yeah that 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 demon prince ruling from forever ago how that kind of got through yeah there was definitely somebody that was just like uh what harm could it do and then well and it didn't really do much harm it was just one of those weird feel bad kind of like wait a minute you have five demon princes in your list that's illegal it's like ah 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 ah, ah exactly actually mm-hmm. yeah I, I do think gw may have opened a can of worms there because then you have guys who are like but what about my land raider achilles and people my god land raider and my will always what about yeah. it oh yep. yeah it's yeah it, it, it's, and they opened up a whole can of what about it's yeah. Yeah. they tried to close um, one can of, more opened up it's that's warhammer that's yeah. true. <laughs> in terms of lists that are going to do better, like you guys said, Tau. I don't know if they're going to dominate everything, but I th- um, like they've been doing decently well, um, and I think that's going to stay the same, if not get better, from just the fact that everybody else kind of took a hit and they really didn't. Um, well, and um, I would say hmm, I kind of want to say that orcs really took a kick in the nuts too. They, yeah. they, the uh, like, like the like. standard kind of brigade that we've been seeing isn't isn't so bad. But all of the Luda bombs and Mega Nub bombs and every other bomb that everybody's been been yeah. like pulling out there is gone, right? And that's huge. So now they're gonna have to get even more crafty, and I don't and know. Cunning. Yeah, yeah. The, the mob rule changing hurt them. That was huge. Definitely. It's it's massive. I, well, yeah. okay. So here's the thing: a lot of the better orc lists have only been running fifteen Ludas, anyways. Hmm. Um, it's it's not been to a mix, but yes, you're correct. No Do you mean better orc lists or better orc players? Yes. I would say the two go hand in hand. Okay. Okay. Uh, better players tend to run better lists. That's true. Um, again, it's and this not... is kind of why I said that kind of brigade version isn't isn't hurt as badly. Yeah. Um, but you know these mega knob bombs like our poor Val Heffelfinger, like what's he gonna do? Just like, yeah, how still many is Val ever gonna do? Bombs? You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Luda bomb gone, mega knob. It just it narrows down the the lists you can expect to see from those factions, and that you know inherently weakens them a lot, mm-hmm. um, because the the variation kind of goes. Maybe people will start running like mega track uh, scrap jets now, but I don't think that's going <laughs> to no, start yet. They won't. Hey, you never uh, know. A guy that won an Arizona GT and was at the Battle for LA was taking jets. They're pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll run those Snozzlebot Wiggle Wagons or whatever they're called. <laughs> I'm sure it's called that, though. You, you guys laugh, but I'm like, yeah, that's probably the name. Yeah. I would love... we got a world where there's the a sloppity bile piper. Wagon. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. we do have a sloppity bile piper. And we have Murder Fang with his murder swords yeah, murder and sword, murder boner. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's... 
Uh, so, uh, Jeff and Sean, are there any other big faction when there's other than like Tau, um, for instance, that that maybe kind of benefit a lot from this FAQ? It's really and specifically hard to from say. So one of the big ones we didn't talk, talk talk about is they took away the cherub trick that Space Marines were doing. That, that's oh, a big deal. Yeah. You mean that Reese was doing? Yeah. Uh, well, every Space Marine player that has a missile in their list, they were doing it. There's a cherub. Okay, fair. All right, yeah. all right. And it's no very more. powerful, by the way. It was kind of yeah. silly, and it was it was one of the things where. I don't know, by the way, I hope that what happens with this is we see more Mortarians and more Magnus, because it's just fun, big monsters yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was like the Cherub, and it was a lot of the Eldar shenanigans, and it was a lot of uh, the Castellan, obviously, yeah. that were the reason why you don't see that stuff. So I don't know that we're going to see a whole lot more of them, because I think people still probably have this like uncomfortable feeling that they're not competitive. But I definitely think you should see more, because those are all the natural predators of that, and I'd love to see those guys on the table. Yeah, it's it's going to depend a lot on how the meta responds to some of these lists getting stronger and weaker. Because uh, you know, if Ludas start falling out of the lists entirely, then right. all of a sudden, yeah, like Magnus and Mortarian look a lot stronger uh, because Ludas are pretty bad news for those guys. Um, but it will depend a lot. There's a lot of other things that can potentially come out of this depending on how people respond to things yeah. um, because the actual changes to the top lists um like the castellan is the only one that really is like fundamentally changing the list it's in um most of these other changes are just kind of like a nudge to the Except way Eldar, i would say playing. right um yeah every dark Eldar list had a farseer and, and they, uh, they mixed Eldar lists and, and i mean stuff. we haven't talked about anari yet but like oh, that's yeah. not a thing anymore. At least not. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just. I think chaos demons are terrifying uh, after that FAQ, in my opinion. Yeah, with like the that's... new slash models too. Terrifying or erotic? Well, both. <laughs> both. Yeah, kind of I mean, terrifyingly erotic. I, I won't lie, but like Jim Vessel's list hasn't changed, and yep. it's good. Um, yeah. In fact, chaos uh, demon princes with wings are better again. Mm-hmm. Right. Since they can now, if they need to assassinate somebody, if they're not and afraid of getting. Yeah punched back right so yeah. I, I think yeah i think chaos in general got got ahead or came out on top in this faq um and and also i think space marines and astromilitarum lists because i was looking through the guard changes and i didn't see anything that impacted like brandon grant's list for example right um and guard have always been a really good faction um you know maybe now that the castellan's gone they'll they'll start you'll start saying different guard lists other than the standard castellan list but uh guard in general just well positioned yeah. to do well. Did they get better the, though? The struggle I mean, they, is they, going... they got better by by not getting worse. Yeah, but okay, I but think. Pablo, here's the thing. Guard needs it's something not a very tiger to mom kill big stuff like the Castellan was. And they have other options that can do that, like the Shadow Sword and some of these other big tanks. But those units are much more vulnerable than the Castellan is. Um, oh, they have they have Lehman Rust tank commanders do pretty well, according to Brandon Grant. They kill I, the things they I'm need not to. saying they're bad and that they have no, no options, but the the options they bring are more vulnerable to being killed than the Castellan is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that puts them in a position where, like, if they're going second against an Eldar flyer list, they can be in a lot of trouble. Because can I say something real quick? Sorry, Sean. Yeah, I, go like, ahead. I hate to break you out. But isn't it super exciting that we're having this conversation? Yes. Like, oh, yeah. at all? Like, that we're talking about a potential change in the meta that's this drastic, where we're like, oh, what's going to happen without Excellent? Like, this is awesome. I mean, we're not even talking about stuff like Blood Angels might actually win a game again. 
because mm-hmm. Fly oh. actually works. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not getting my hopes up, um, but yeah, Fly actually works, and that's three quarters of their army. That's huge. Yeah. There's this this FAQ, whatever else you want to say about it, I think does look good for a lot of people in that it opens up more options because it pushes over the two like really big boys in the room. I mean, guaranteed Shane Watts took, like, his 18 uh, bikes off his shelf and was like, I can use you again. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, it, to answer your question, Sean, uh, guard do can take options that non-Castellan things can't kill necessarily at range. Because the Castellan's well, not gone necessarily, but you know, there's going to be less Castellans. So the options that maybe weren't available to them before are are maybe more appealing so you don't have to worry about your shadow sword getting shot to death turn one by a castellan or your three cladius tanks that you want to splash into i'm just go okay but here's the here's the thing to remember like everyone is everyone has got this kind of like the castellan's gone we can take tanks again the castellan was not the only problem there are a lot of other guns out there that hit really hard in the meta you're still gonna get shot at um, you know, you're talking about like tower on the upswing. Guess what Tau love to do? Shoot at tanks. Um, th- there's still a lot of really shooty options around right now. Now that doesn't mean that this isn't going to have any effect on the meta, but if you're one of those people who's kind of like, well, all right, now my defilers are good because no one will shoot at them. It's like, no, that's not what's going to happen. <gasps> But three defilers with three Lord Discordants. Sure, so it's, it's got some Venom crawlers, brother. I don't like the Venom crawler. Take um, those two. Why can't you take all of it? Uh, you like, run out of points. Let's live in a new world. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Stupidest model in the game, though, is the Hellforge Contemptor Derideo or whatever the fuck it's called that Don's taking. Oh yeah, yep. Two hundred yeah. points. Has anyone looked at that stat line? It Nine, looks like a bathtub, so I try to avoid it. 3d3 <laughs> strength 6, minus 1, 1 damage, indirect fire, range 48. 8 shots, strength 7, minus 1, 2 damage. And then 6 shots, heavy bolter mm-hmm. for 200 points. 198. What? But it looks so stupid. In the fuck? Yeah, they're yeah. they're secretly durable, too. They have an invuln save. They're tough. 14 wounds. secretly durable. Yeah. Like, well, maybe not secretly durable. Every time I shoot him, I always think, oh, I'm just going to kill this, no big deal. And then I right. don't. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah it's a it's... dreadnought. And it's like, oh, yeah. right. That's actually like two dreadnoughts slapped together. Yeah, just just like Jeff's yeah. Telemon, right? Some, sometimes yeah. a model looks easier to kill than it actually is. Telemon is very good. but Yes, I love my Telemon. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> what are what are some uh, things that, that are going to... um. I guess what are some things that uh, what are some other factions that you guys see that are going to do well that maybe people haven't been looking at that's kind of like a sleeper thing that you that you're really looking for like pet factions or pet units pet lists things that that excite you um, that people aren't necessarily looking at. I'll start with Jeff. People aren't looking at. Yeah, just like some something you know that that, that you're excited about that that oh. um, maybe wasn't takeable before. I guess you said Magnus and Mortarian. Well, no, I, 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 yeah, we've said a lot of that. I just, I, I really, I'm going to gloat, not gloat, but uh, gush like these guys are about the FAQ. I think it's, you can take big monsters and it still has the same amount of risk as it always should have, but it's going to be a lot less than the world where the Castellan was on every other table. And if it wasn't the Castellan, then it was that Yanari list where the Reapers are shooting twice against your Doom and Jinxed thing that just dies. Um, these things can still happen as the game should be. I don't think an FAQ should ever come out like 
that's the thing, right? You never want an FAQ to, or chapter proof to come out and then you're like, I cannot play this anymore. It's invalidated. And that's why <laughs> there is some feels bad with Yunari, at least initially. Uh, we'll see yeah. if it if it persists. But it definitely went from a like, this is a really cool thematic thing in 7th edition. In 8th edition, it became like a amalgamation of, of monstrosities that just shouldn't have existed. And now it feels like they got punted into a different you know realm, right? Like they're very specifically supposed to be like close combat Eldar, but that's never... Uh, you know, if you were going to do that, you probably did that with Witches and Dark Eldar or something. So hopefully mm -hmm. something will come out of this that's really fun, because it is a lot of close combat stuff. Hitting and re-rolling and, and uh, you know, that can be cool. Always striking first. Like yeah, it, always striking There's interesting first. things there. Yep. There's fun stuff, but it just changes it entirely, right? Like you would, if you are doing Yanari, you, uh, you're not taking the Reapers. You're not taking like, I mean, you know, it's just weird. So it's different. Yep. It'd be like if you told like a Thousand Suns player, like we don't really think you guys should have psychers anymore, you know, yeah. like they did with Grey Knights. No, now yeah. Sean, do you think that uh, to to the Nari players um, who are running the Eldari multi faction lists, do you think that they can take those lists and segue into Craft World and still do reasonably well, or do you think they have that the entire faction in general has to rethink about how it approaches tournaments? Oh, this is a good question. I don't think that the old Yanari list concept is still viable because they they relied a lot on two or three very strong units doing all of their work for them. Um, you would have that one unit of Shining Spears that had like six different buffs on it, just darting about the field, wiping out units wholesale, and then diving back and being invulnerable. Um, or, you know, the Reapers just sort of like, well, you know, I have 900 points of units that are delaying you, and one unit that sits in the back just evaporating your entire army. Yeah. Um, that doesn't work anymore. You can't do that. Um, in fact, the, the Yanari list concepts just don't function with the new Yanari. Um, many of those units are still good. Dark Reapers are still a good shooting unit that, you know, is very reliable. Mm -hmm. They, you know, always hit on threes. They wound most things on threes. They have good AP and reliable damage. Like, they're, they're still a good unit. Uh, you just can't expect them to carry your whole army on your back anymore. And you can't build an army around having them carry you. Um, I honestly think Yanari are going to essentially vanish. They're going to be like, uh, you know, factions like Grey Knights or uh, other kind of pretty bottom tier. Because their tricks just, you can do stuff with them. They have abilities which are not wholly worthless, but the amount of work you have to go through to get those things is just not really worth it. Um, you know, you can get plus two to hit and plus one attack and reroll wounds, but you're spending like five command points and three spells and killing a unit to do it. Um, it's just, it's not really worth it at the end of the day. There's so, it's so much easier to get that elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but the consolation prize is all of those multi-faction Eldari armies that used to be Yanari, multi-faction Eldari is still really good. Eldari still have an amazing set of codices to draw from. So if you want to bring a, a Harlequin and Dark Eldar and Craftworld army to the table, you still can. It just won't have Cat Lady leading it anymore. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, and then, uh, Jeff, I, I know we talked about this, but it, I, just if you could expand on it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you – so we're going to move away from the FAQ, and then we're going to go to Patreon questions. Um, but the new Slanesh stuff coming out. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
what do you see people building with those new Slanesh models? I'm so excited. The Slanesh models are amazing. Um, a lot of people are kind of jumping the gun a little bit saying that the Keeper of Secrets is unplayable and can't do it. I think it's fairly inexpensive and pretty... It's obviously, you know, it is killable. And that is just kind of 8th edition. And a lot of people immediately look at something and say, well, can I immediately get into their attack and kill three things? And if not, then I don't like it. Like they did as the Lord Discordant. We're kind of easing off of that gas pedal a little bit, right? We're starting to see it be a little bit more useful than just, can I hide it until it smashes their entire army and then I win? No? Oh, well, then I'm not going to play it. Um, Keeper Secrets is a little bit more on the fringe there because it's a big imposing model, which <laughs> we're coming fresh off of like everyone's like, holy shit, kill it. You know, like, I got to kill it. <laughs> Um, but it's only 200 points and some change, so you can actually kind of use that to your advantage some ways. And there are ways to actually keep it off the table to some extent, so that too is pretty useful. I'm and everybody else over the moon with the Herald um, oh, Jesus. Demon yeah. Prince the, symbiote. The like, combo? Yeah, the yeah. Slanet, yeah. Just Slanet, Slanet the Babani. model is incredible. The rules are incredible. The concept is fun, and it's it's fairly balanced. It's obviously very powerful, but I love that they looked at it and said, no, 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 you can't put 16 attacks into one thing and absolutely obliterate it, right? Like, <laughs> that would be the most auto-take you've ever seen in your entire well, life. I mean, yeah. It still pretty much is, but... You you do, you get 24 swings on most turns with that thing. Uh, yeah. Eight into one thing and 16 into another, which is like, oh, that's that's pretty all right. Oh, and it's on eh. It can't be targeted, too? Right. Cool. I like it. <laughs> It's amazing. It also has a power, so that too is just huge utility. Yeah. Um, and that's, I'm not going to lie, that's a big part of the reason why I began to even look at it. I, I do that with all my stuff. If, I, if the Lord Discordant and Abaddon models would kick me off on Chaos, I just looked at them and I was like, well, I have to own that. I need to play it. It's so fun. Same thing happened um, with this named character, this Demon Prince. It's just absolutely incredible. And then it opens up, what's so fun about this is that nobody was playing Slanesh, but they have some really interesting things. Like, Demonettes are a darn good troop. Mm -hmm. Not seeing them shoehorn in the list right now because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but all of a sudden you get a little bit more synergy off of that Demon Prince symbiote. Uh, you get a relic that everyone knows is really good, but nobody wanted to take. All of a sudden you get inside a 12, you can shut down people for a phase. It's, that's a really powerful, jarring thing you can do. And then Fiends, everyone talks about them, but you never see them on the table. Well, if I'm taking this much of a detachment, why not throw a few fiends in there? And if I can get somebody into close combat, all of a sudden, you can't leave. That's one of the absolute most powerful things you can do in the entire game. Yeah. Um, and they have a lot of that, too. They have a power that can make it harder for you to leave combat. And uh, they just have really fun, cool tools. Now, there are going to be games, obviously, where 30 demonettes get picked up like there's no business. And the prince gets sniped or um, the herald doesn't, you know, doesn't roll higher than your leadership or... or yeah, higher on 3d6 or whatever it is. And I'm just like, whoa, this is fun. <laughs> um, but that's okay. I think that's part of playing Chaos. The the whole thing about Chaos, and this has been since as long as, as I've known Chaos, get really excited, super powerful, not the most consistent. There are just, you know, you have invuls. High risk, high reward. You're a very uh, assault-oriented army a lot of the time. And that is dice rolls. And it will just absolutely happen. So yep. I'm stealing myself. I'm not thinking this is the best top tier mega most powerful thing ever i think the models are to die for it's fun and i'm going to pair that up with a lot of cool stuff like i can see Liss having the knockleth crown because it's just ridiculously disruptive and it's a massive cool model um i'm probably always going to have abaddon and i want to have three lord discordance in these ridiculous combos and the points all add up not all together obviously but um i want to play like a league and go to multiple tournaments and take different kind of flavors of lists, and i'm really excited about all of it 
Yeah. So another thing I like about this that model, I'm glad we're focusing so much on it, as I really like that GW makes models like this for factions that are an Imperium, because they kind of feel like these little pseudo-assassins, right? Like the same thing like the Keller Morph with the Gene Stealer Colt and, and like uh, Greyfax, the way Reese was using Greyfax is like a fifth assassin in his list, in his guard list. Um, I hope we get more models like this for obscure factions, because... Hmm. It's it to me. It's kind of the answer to Imperium's assassins, right? Like I can take an assassin in every Imperium list. Like I, I get that, um, but I just I really like models like this. I think this is a good. I think this is a good. I good for the game. Actually, and you know what? That leads me to the thing I hated the most in the FAQ, Uh-oh. which is that fallen Imperium mm. units cannot take assassins. <laughs> Like, seriously, that's the most fucking fallen thing that you could do. <laughs> like, that is that is a cipher in a nutshell, is stealing, like, the Imperium's shit and using it against them. Like, come on, let Cypher have one thing. Let him take it. Let, you, like, you also he tricked the summon. assassin. I mean, if you're taking an entire army of fallen, <laughs> you need all yeah, the help I mean, you like, can get. Like, Jesus Christ, let us ha- like let, let, if you take Cypher and you want to steal an assassin because you tricked the Imperium, by all means, just let it happen, guys. Like, it <laughs> oh, wasn't man. hurting anybody. Speaking it of, was, I, speaking anyway. of not hurting anyone, <clears throat> Grey Knights taking it on the chin. Like, yeah, who thought yeah. they plus. were coming at a, it's like, oh, we gotta stop the Grey Knight players from ruling the world. It must have been Eric's win. They they Clearly. saw it in last second. We're like, let's throw this shit in Wait, here. I, no did way. I miss, did I miss something? What happened they to the Grey Knights? They can't get a two-up invulnerable anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Which, like, for people that don't should. pick up on our sarcasm, if you didn't catch this already, the game is trying to get to a place where there are no two-up invuls. They're rare when they happen. Yeah. And if they do happen, like the Archon... It says you cannot reroll this for any reason because what they want to avoid is an unkillable thing. And yeah, sure. Grey Knights had a way to get to a two-up invul that did not include language that you cannot reroll this. So yeah, it's just yeah, funny because I, I agree with these guys where the Grey Knight players were like, "Oh, cool FAQ, I can see all my friends happy," and they're like <laughs> scrolling down. They're like, "Wait, what? Come on, <laughs> why?" Well, and the best part is, is that's their exact reaction, right? Because they've been beat to shit for so long. Like they're not even mad for the most part. No. They're just like, well, okay, like, but I seriously. It. <laughs> like, it's I'm like the ugly kid playing with a toy, and they like <laughs> like it, but then you walk over, and you just sweep it away from them. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> this is probably fair. <laughs> I I also fair was enough. shocked to see that Games Workshop still thinks drop pods exist. Uh, that was weird. Yeah, I came yeah. out of Build the wall. Build a wall. Yeah, it's you, you measure from the doors now too. So it's if you were mad about flyers blocking you off, you can be but mad you about drop pods to the doors yeah, and still respect points. the nine, which is funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, build a wall. Just take like what six drop pods, block mm-hmm. off the your only the entire only almost four hundred points. Yeah, I mean, come on. And you'll get what two storm bolter shots out of each one. That's four, four. storm bolter. Sh- oh wait, no, the Sorry. vehicles don't get. Affected by they the Vulture discipline rule anymore. Yeah. So two of the turn they come down. They, well, it's they obviously were thinking about that. They were like, "Well, people taking drop pods now. We can't let them have <laughs> beta bolters. This would be absurd." Yeah, you gotta gotta strip that away from them. Those oh, Land man. Raider Crusaders were too powerful. Mm. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and move over to the concluding the episode. Um, so it, for those of you who are maybe tuning in for the first time, every episode at the end of the episode, we take questions from the people who are on our Patreon in the Facebook group chat. Uh, and we just ask some questions. We answer them live on air. Uh, so the first question comes from Mr. Jeff from Casey. Uh, Jeff, what did you have for breakfast? Oh, 
Jesus bowl Christ. of cereal. Bowl of cereal. All right. What kind of cereal? Like we've only we're only an hour and twenty five minutes in. Let's. Oh my lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, uh, Mr. Drew wants to know how many of us were planning to attend ATC this year. Uh I know Jeff. I know Jeff uh, is attending, but uh, I I personally not do not plan on attending unless something comes up or or I get an invite from people who are definitely ready to go. I will be the tip of the spear of Team Zero Comp. We will thrust our way deep deep inside of uh, that tournament. <laughs> and if there's I, this is the fair warning, by the way, I'm declaring war on all of the Texan Warhammer players out there that didn't like my impression of their accent earlier. Can you do it? Meet again me at for ATC. Us? We'll be deep inside of you in no time at all. <laughs> well, I have an erection. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know uh, about the rest of you. Peter and Sean, are either of you planning on going to the ATC? No, it, I kind of have it, to yeah. moderate my trips over to that side of the country. It's an expensive flight for me, so yeah. I don't usually make it over for most of that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm in the Arctic, so it's really hard See, for me to leave. You would actually melt if you went down to Texas, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's 100% true. Uh, and then uh, Isaac wants to know, uh, do you think that the FAQ did enough to curb the Castellan's power level and its dominance? I think the answer is yes, personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the Castellan sure. is, I don't think it is going to be a top tier inclusion anymore. You will see it, but it's it's not going to be dominating the top tables or maybe even present at the top tables. Yeah. Uh, uh Nick wants to know, this is a Tau-specific question, Kion is now worded as though you may nominate units instead of all units are automatically affected. Does this mean I can fall back with the Riptide and have the other two affected by Kion? This is more of a yeah. Sean question. Uh, yes, apparently this is how GW had intended it, and many tournaments had been ruling it anyways, which I was a little surprised by, but it is now much more explicit about it is a uh, an option that you can choose for each unit in range. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. It definitely helps out. No, it's very helpful. Uh, D- Dylan wants to know: uh, Do you think that the Renegade Knight Castellan should have went up in points as well as the Imperium version of it? So, full hundred points. Did its weapons not? It yeah, did. It went yeah. up one hundred and ten. It actually went up ten more points to make it even because it was ten points cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, the, than the due to some Imperium weirdness and like how they it, they're they're the same price functionally. They just had to change it in a different way uh, due to how yeah. the units are configured. Um, I I don't think the Renegade Knight Castellan needed to be raised in points the same way. It was not nearly as much of a problem, but for parity's sake, I think they they kind of like did it anyways, uh, which is understandable. Yep. Yep. Like they, it really shouldn't be seven hundred and four points, but at the same time, it just it's going to cause confusion otherwise. And there's always yeah. going to be that that off chance case where GW releases a Renegade Knight's like index in a White Dwarf and forgets. And then it's way too powerful. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, Gray wants to know, uh, for each of us, what do we each think the most competitive Eldar multi-faction army will be going forward with the change of Inarian Doom? So what what is going to be the most competitive Eldar list, basically, that, that people will start bringing? Um, I think it'll be Flyers, personally. I think, I think yeah. El- Eldar Flyers is already really, really good, and mm-hmm. um, I don't... You know, the flyers. Other than the fact that they don't move block as well, um, I still think they're they're pretty good. I think that list is really solid. I'm yeah. largely with Pablo here, although I think you need to keep um, the wave serpent list in mind. 
Uh, mm -hmm. It actually matches up fairly well against the flyer list because it's not like immune to but very resistant to their shooting uh, and can cause some problems for them. Uh, but some sort of craft world heavy list, I think, is going to be the top pick for Eldar. Uh Next question comes from Darren. Uh, if Jeff were to run a pure Custodes list in your post-FAQ meta, what would you be running? I really like what uh, I think his name was Jordan or Jared Roach. Jordan was, Roach. Yeah, he was running a really cool list at Battle for LA. would be very close to that. Uh, he was doing three Cladiuses, two shield captains on bikes, and then, um, God, what else? Did he, oh, he had a three-by-three three Praetorian uh the guys on bikes, all with hurricane bolters. Um, I don't. Maybe he had a unit of terminators. Did you play against him, Pablo? Uh, no, no. So, so Je I did play against him. I lost to him. Uh, he had the three tanks, the the Magnifica, um, guy, yeah. two shield captains on bike or two Donegal bikes. Um, uh, three units of Virtus or three units of the bikes. I think there are five man units. And nope, there are three. Okay, there are three, and then three I think five that was would it. Be about fourteen hundred points. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, I, and that was it. So just the, he had three units of bikes, the three tanks, the two captains, the the Magnifica, and I and an assassin. Yeah, so it'd be something close to that. I still like the Teleman over three Caladiuses, and I'm also just not not going to buy a third. Um, <laughs> I always like my battalions. I like that he had the bikes, but it, there's just feel bad moments where like people are inside of boxes and sitting on an engineer's objective or something like that, and you're like, okay. But, that's actually a funny story about that. It's actually that's exactly what I did. I put I infiltrated up to the middle of the board, held recon and king of the hill with all my scout snipers one inch away from the the ruin in the middle of the board, and then just took two engineers on on two units that stayed out of line of sight, and then just got max secondary points. Um, and it came down to him literally just eventually killing my Castellan and then moving up the board and you know beating me. Right. Yeah. But... <laughs> and that is possible. It's just uh. It makes it really tight, and I, I don't like taking lists to tournaments where I'm like, if this thing that is pretty prevalent happens, then I just kind of lose, or I need something to happen really, you know, in my hands, but maybe not. Um, but it'd be close to something like that, and I definitely think Pure Custodes is is very doable, especially with an Assassin, because that is one of the ways you can alleviate that, is in that situation, you'd be like, well, I'll take an Eversur or something like that, and then try to jump inside that box. Um, I the The base... Of two to three Caladiuses and a Teleman. I really like the Teleman. And and people aren't doing this as much, but you put uh, Trajan in there. That is a ridiculous amount of firepower that's very mobile mm -hmm. and acts as a very nice backfield. And then uh, Trajan does a great job of kind of protecting them as well, uh, dislodging them if something gets too close. But they have fly, so it doesn't matter either. And then you build around that. That's a very good list. All right. Uh, a handful of patrons want to know uh, why do we th why do we all think that GW took vehicles out of the Boulder Discipline role, and why haven't Space Marine vehicles not gotten chapter tactics yet? Um, well, go ahead. I think they didn't get chapter tactics yet because you'd have to completely change several of the chapter tactics um, to make it worth it. Like you'd have to almost give them an Astra Militarum. Uh, yeah. Like, look, uh, so that the vehicles get a different tactic than the regular dudes. Simply because, like, no Blood Angels player wants uh, plus one to wound in close combat with their mm. fucking rhino, right? <laughs> um, whereas, you know, Raven Guard players, I think, would really enjoy uh, getting Predators with minus one to hit. So I think that's a big part. 
at least from from that side of the question. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's an interesting. That's a perspective I've never thought about. What a very good answer, Peter. And I think we should revisit this question in not too long. Hmm. Hmm. As for the bolter drill half, it's. I'm not exactly sure. If I were to make a guess, I would say it basically boils down to a small handful of vehicles that have hurricane bolters on them. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they, they explicitly said that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like that it turns out that is actually very powerful to be able to throw out 24 bolter shots per turn for a token number of points. Okay. Um here here's a really good question which I think we kind of half answered. Um, but which aspects of the game has the FAQ successfully decreased inherent unit power and bolster generalship, and then which noisy cricket quote unquote units and combos um, made it through unscathed and should be on the radar? And then noisy cricket are like combos so powerful a newbie couldn't screw it up. So what what are some powerful things that made it through made it through the FAQ and should be on everyone's radar that we need to be concerned about? I don't think any of the really like big names made it through completely unscathed, but some of them were affected maybe by not by enough to push them out of the big leagues. Um, don't forget about Tau and airplanes. Still, you know, be worried about Gene Steeler cults and stuff like that. All the lists that were doing well before, other than the ones focused entirely on the Castellan, are still really good lists. So you can pull the Castellan out of some of those lists and replace it with something else, and, you know, Brandon Grant's list still has some legs under it. Um, so don't assume that those lists are going away. Yeah. I think there's some very powerful chaos combinations um, that, that I think people are going to have to look at you know like like peter said i think jim vessel's list is was unchanged um yeah i think that there and there's a lot more stuff that chaos are getting so i think that if you look at a chaos list you really have to take an extra step to ask your opponent what things do what codexes they're using what 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 they're all about and then try and just be wary because there's a lot of really good chaos lists that are all very different that all have different Mm -hmm. really powerful combinations and there's a bunch of Vigilus Ablaze stuff that yes. people haven't gotten their shit together on yet. And yeah. once they do, like, they're, it, they're touching on it. But it's, like, I mean, Jeff's got a hard-on for some of it already. Mm-hmm. Don Hooson's been playing with the Purge like nobody's business. I've Purge seen a few of those good. flawless host uh, demon princes and lists just, mm-hmm. like, you know, kill half a guy's army if it gets in the right position. Yep. So, like, that's all stuff you got to look forward to, uh, like, trying to avoid. I think that uh, stupid commissar, uh, Death Corps of Creed commissar <laughs> on a horse not getting touched, mm-hmm. um, little silly. But, I mean, whatever. It's so small. And if anybody pulls that on you, just, you know, take the model, break it up in your hands, and give it back to them and say, like, that's what I think of your decision. What is this? Uh, so the Death Corps of Creed uh, rider commissar, like the one that's on a horse – still has the old commissar rule it's like somehow it got missed he has he has slipped by every faq and change so far Um, yeah but it's like it's such a small thing and nobody does it except for really mean people um and generally they're just like no he's just a commissar i'm really sorry also Uh, who cares like yeah (laughs) if you're running like 180 conscripts it gets a little silly yeah if you make a list around that to be that guy and you take it to a tournament and they're just like technically right, sure. And I'll be like, okay. I mean, I'm still just gonna blast you off the table, I guess. I don't. Conscripts are not the boogeyman people thought they were. <laughs> like, no, no. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, we were talking about things that got missed. It's yeah, just yeah, one yeah. that's that gets brought up, like, 
you know, every time there's a fag, it's like, oh, look, he didn't get touched again. But you never really see it in like a major tournament. Uh, I know that there's a guy that I talk to pretty regular, John, um, who loves mm-hmm. him, thinks it's the best. But once again, like he'll go to a TO beforehand and be like, hey, listen, this is a thing. It's kind of tricksy. Are you, are you guys okay with it? And they'll be, they'll either tell him yes or no. But All right. Uh, the final question um, comes to Mr. Brett, and th- this is one that could go off the rails. Um, let's try and keep it a, a little it bit. Won't. I refuse. Wow. <laughs> uh, so Brett says, there's an argument now that Overwatch is stated as shooting. So Lehman Russes, for instance, can shoot twice for Overwatch, et cetera, et cetera. So his question is, is um, he doesn't think that that's rules as intended, but why do players have uh, such difficulty accepting the difference between raw rules as written or versus rules as intended? Um, especially for rules that where there's clear precedent set and blah 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 blah. So basically, um, why do you guys think that that players focus on raw versus rules as intended when it should when it could clearly be one way or another? Basically, why do people try to game the game? Is is how I'm reading it. Well, the my answer to this would be because we're not telepaths. Um, the rules as written on the in in the rule book are typically what we have to go off of and sometimes you can say like oh they probably didn't intend this but a lot of people do this kind of like well obviously they didn't intend that to work and it's like i don't know did they there's that's i don't know how you decided that you were the oracle who can divine what gw means and it's it's nice now because they are giving us commentary and that gives us a little more of a window into things but i think a lot of people assume that their version of something is obvious and is clearly the correct interpretation when it's really just one of several interpretations yeah yeah but i think what the spirit of the question is getting at is not the ones where it's like maybe they meant that maybe they didn't but i think we've all been there sean where it's that it's like technically english can be read this way therefore that's how i'm playing it and we're all like yeah you're 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 doing that thing so the question is asking like why do warhammer players do that and i think it's because i mean this is where like old curmudgeon Jeff gets all poppy on you, but like, there's just always those kind of people in every game, in anything. Um, there's just going to be people that want to stretch the limit a little bit, and if they can do that, it gives them an edge. That's kind of their edge, if you will. That's what they enjoy. That's what's exciting for them. Does it make them bad people or something like that? Not necessarily. Um, they're just always going to be around. And the funny thing about Warhammer is it's so infinitely not asymmetrical and so infinitely complex that there's always going to be room to, to do that wiggle. Um, and it's just always, what's been fun though, is eighth edition has been tightened up a lot more than previous editions or at least seventh, which was like, you know, the most wiggly of editions you've ever had. (laughs) So a lot of, at least in our area up here in San Francisco, Oakland, there's been a lot of players that kind of had that reputation. They're not enjoying eighth edition as much and they're not playing it or they're just not doing well because it's a lot harder to be like, this is this thing that you didn't know about. And that's how I read it. And technically you can't prove me wrong. still happens, but, uh, it's not happening as much. All right. Um, it, True. <laughs> and, and that and that's it for the questions. Uh, thank you very much, guys, for answering, sending those questions in. If you guys would like to, once again, you can sponsor the podcast, patreon.com slash chapter tactics, and then join that Facebook group. All right. We're close to hitting our goal, uh, which is to when we hit a certain amount of subscribers or patrons, um, we'll start flying out uh, uh, one of the co-hosts to an event that we'll all vote on or decide uh, every quarter. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, we're already going to be going to the Throne of War GT um, 
we use the Patreon money for Sean to go out there. I just use it kind of like as a, I really wanted two people to go out because it was a sponsored event. So myself mm-hmm. and Sean will be going out to the Throne of War GT in Honolulu, Hawaii, as will Reese Robbins. It should be a really fun event. Um, I look forward to. Will Reese go? Yeah, we'll we'll see. Will I go? We'll see. I think I think there's a. <laughs> Let's I think wait till the day Maybe before. he'll back out the day before. Yeah, we'll no. figure it out. Oh, we'll see. Sorry, Jeff. That, I didn't want to steal that from you. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, full, so for the people that are listening that don't know, uh, Reese was supposed to go to Balfour, LA. Frankie pulled up um, to Wooded Glen. It's the retirement home that Reese lives in, and they kind of they went in there and they kind of asked about him. Turns out the night before he had what can best be described as kind of like a Vietnam era kind of diarrhea mess. And he just could not make it. He was too dehydrated. He was at risk of uh, several other health complications. So he just had to bail on the Balfour LA. Um, And it's too bad, but they've got him under intensive nurse care and they're trying to feed him a lot of fluids and he should be good to go um, to make it out of there and and go to one of these tournaments in another month or two. Yeah. Oh, he actually (laughs) fell in his life alert. Button yeah, wouldn't work. That happened too. Yeah, he uh, fell on yeah. his own shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, joking aside, remember if you're going to an event with your buddies, planning it out, go to that event, no matter what. All right. Yes. No matter, nothing. No, is, matter, no matter what. what. Nothing is. More <laughs> Get out of here. Well, the especially like it's okay to poke fun at Reese because he's such a great guy. But like, come on, his Pablo knows this and can't say it because he's his boss. But Reese won broadside bash, and and. uh He's very proud of that. He's been talking a lot about it. <laughs> so this tournament was ridiculously stacked. Brand Grant's there. He's like, I think I can take Brand Grant. I, I think I have to let him take Brand Grant. You know, that towel list? Oh, it's fine. I'll destroy that towel list. Jeff, I don't even understand his list. I'll, I'll be able to beat that. And then he quits. He doesn't go. Come on. That's You can't do that. So for the next, like, month or two, he's like, oh, yeah, I would have won, won that too. Like, it's just like... you. <laughs> I my theory is we like you if we see him in Hawaii that's great but I think Reese won't go to another tournament as long as the last one is a win for him. He'll, <laughs> no, I mean he'll go to Hawaii he just won't show just up. Won't yeah, show up the oh, I mean, so he'll find another beach. Yeah. 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 they need yeah. help with their. I judging. get stung by a jellyfish. Yeah. yeah. All right. I took well, a anyways. silly list. You know, it's not real. It's not for reals. It's what I can travel. It doesn't with. really matter. I'm oh, just yeah. gonna go up to this volcano later, bro. I, that's actually my call. Okay, so Pablo said Tao is gonna get better and better. Fine, my call literally. Reese will not take that guard list to uh, to Hawaii. He will take what he can, quote-unquote, travel with, and what he had painted is what he'll say. Mm-hmm. That's Mark not it. even a fair bet. I don't think anyone would ever call you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be right. Wait, what's the timestamp on that one? We need it. One, minute, one hour, 44 minutes. Our listeners okay. won't let him forget. They'll know. No. <laughs> That's true. Uh, moving to the second sponsor of the podcast the boise cup sponsoring us i'll be going up there sean i believe you said you would also be going to the boise yep. cup i'm going to be attending this year as well it's a really it's good a, tournament it's a very good competitive tournament <laughs> it'll be a lot of fun check it out in uh, boise idaho um <laughs> did you did you have anything you wanted to add to that peter a shout out no, i'm just loving that you and sean are going to all these tournaments together this is great. Yeah, I'm going to be going to a lot of tournaments this year. I they got, got this secret slush roster. fund, I guess, that I heard rumors about or something. It's just yeah. really paying <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, um, I try to go to a couple. I try to fly out to a couple tournaments every year, which I've been doing pretty consistently. Um, but yeah, yeah. The June June's going to be very busy. I've also got another tournament uh, the week before Boise. Um, mm-hmm. We'll, we'll be going to the the tournament in Vegas, which I think is the Gentleman's no, GT. Wait, oh, you're going to Gentleman's too? I'm gonna try. It's, I don't. I yeah, haven't bought the, my ticket yet. I'll the be Wasteland there. Games weekend. The yeah, Gentleman's nice. GT there. I was so actually looking at that one as well. Yeah, 
So I was thinking about going to <laughs> that one too. Now if Sean's going, I'm definitely going. Um, I haven't yeah. hammered it in yet. I, I need to figure some stuff out because I have another GT the week before that. So I'm right potentially on. doing four tournaments that month. But, that'd, be, you know. that'd, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. Slaughterfest in July. And then um, if Reese backs out of the ATC team and I hopefully win mm-hmm. one of those tournaments, I might potentially try out for the Team Zero Comp ATC team if they let me. Tip of the and spirit. if I polish some shoes, do okay. It's all sexual stuff that we do to join the team. But yeah, we'll, mm. we'll talk. I'll do anything. I'll put I'm me in, coach. Surprised. Put me in. <laughs> Sex stuff is really the only stuff that matters. Yeah. <laughs> and then and finally, uh, go to FrontlineGaming.org. Purchase stuff if you want to support us. Sec- check out the Secondhand Shop. Check out In the Finest Hour. New episode did come out this week. It's uh, mm-hmm. Assessing Skill Levels, episode number 21. Um, I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm looking forward to that PD Pop skill level that they talk about. Um, I like it. That's the zero tier, just, by the way. Just, just below, just below Grey Knight players. Uh, and then, of course, check out Jeff on YouTube and Twitch. Jeff, where can they find you? I am in Control TV on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, if you miss any of my Warhammer streams, which we do every Tuesday at about six PM or so, they go to YouTube almost immediately. It's just like five hours of people laughing and rolling dice, and um, it's a good time. But if you catch it live on Twitch, there's a chat with people talking Warhammer, and we welcome everybody to get in there. Um, tomorrow, the sad, the sad Shane will be taking his guard out and, and doing some battle. Um, and I don't have my Lord Scords yet, so I don't know what I'll play or if I will, but always a good time. And then otherwise, I have a show called The Deadpan Diaries, which some of you have been checking out. Um, we're going to talk about Endgame tomorrow at 4 p.m. on my channel. Hmm. Oh, it no. is spoilers, but it'll be you know it's a it's a big social event, so we'll talk about it. Is uh, Eric joining you again? Yeah. Or is it just uh, oh cool? Yeah, he's great. Yeah. So, no, he's really awesome. I really enjoyed the last two episodes. Oh, thank you. I, I'd really love to hear you guys talk about like pop culture and and you know this kind of nerd culture and you know mm-hmm. nerd golden age. Um, I don't know if you guys are I, you guys are you know go all everything. over the place. But one yeah. of our upcoming topics is going to be fashion. I think at some point, which is actually pretty funny. Oh mm-hmm. my! All right. For, uh, and then finally, check Peter out at fortykstats.com. Uh, you can't see me on there, by the way. You just see numbers. You can but see it's a great. He's in the code. I was of the understanding that you were sort of like an incarnation of statistics. Is that not yep. the case? Zero one zero zero one one. Okay, listen, I was really embarrassed today. Uh, this morning when I woke up, I was looking at the facts. And I have to say this because it's the dumbest thing I've done in a long time. And I've done a lot of dumb, dumb things. Um, I looked at the Death Watch fact, and they had that thing about majority toughness, and if it, oh. you don't have the majority, you get to pick. And for some reason in my mind, I was like, well, that means that if I only have one toughness five model, it's <laughs> not the majority, I get to pick. And I was so bonered up about just like taking a bike and all of my Death I Watch veterans. I choose toughness and... 40. Yeah, yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then, of course... We, of course, I, I seem to recall we had this like somewhere. seven people trying to talk you down from that one. Yeah, and then of course, like it took about three seconds, Sean. Like the first person <laughs> was like, and I, like seriously, someone was like, "Peter, do," and I was like, "Well, read it again," because of course I needed to get that one last thing. And they're like, "Yeah," and they explained it again. And then I looked at it and I was like, "Well, of course, you know, the majority goes both ways. It's not just, it's not just that." My favorite. And I felt really bad. I looked at how to commit seppuku. It's very difficult. Oh, it's a mm. So. So instead, I just took off my pants and laid down, mm. had a little nap. But I mean, I was—I was, I, was, I was expecting that story to go very different. But well, um, it could have, it could have. But Slanesh my kids be with were you. Home. Um, yeah, thank you. My roommate found a really funny one, which apparently 
is FAQ and people know about this. I did not. The the Oniger, it's a degrading profile. Oh, it was yeah. like twelve to seven, and then the middle tier is uh, five to three or something. Yep. Yeah. If you're at six, so wounds, he took a it's picture a of it and said, "Do I become invincible?" And it's like <laughs> <laughs> at six wounds, uh, they FAQ'd it, so it's it's covered. But that would have been my favorite argument ever from a Warhammer player. Like, well, I'm at six wounds, mm-hmm. so I actually choose to be moving thirty inches, half fly, and you know, I'm, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, well, there's a I'll lot of good stuff. I'd let you have it. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I'd dice off for it though, probably. Uh, yeah, four plus. Hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, share your FAQ stories with us in um, via email in the comment section on YouTube frontlinegaming.org and all that good stuff. If you guys have any funny stuff you guys want to add or your own thoughts about the FAQ, I definitely I read all those comments. Definitely looking forward to all that. And as always, thank you so much for listening. You guys are the best listeners ever. And have a good one. Bye-bye.